Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Friday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsham, Anthony Stalter, 203. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Uh, if you were there at the game last night, you uh, you booed Jordan wow. Cairo. Why wouldn't you cheer on the goals? I'm sure they did both. I'm they sure. Did. I'm sure Blues fans, well, they did. You heard it. I was there. And Jamie, you were there. Yeah. You saw it. I heard it and saw it. Uh huh. Yep. Good win last night for the old Blues. It was a good win. For uh, Deuce. They, uh, that Ottawa team has been struggling a little bit, but that's a hell of a roster that they have. And look, obviously a lot going on in the last 48 hours for the Blues. So I thought it was a great team win. I did. I thought that they, they from the very first drop of the puck, I mean, at one point it was like 15-2, to two, the shots on goal for the Blues, which you know we hadn't seen a lot of this year as far as the the outnumbering of scoring opportunities or shots on goal. I thought there was hustle. I thought there was some compete out there. I mean, mm-hmm. Jordan Bennington had another fine game. Tyler Tucker steps up and takes on the land of the Giants. Brady Kachuk himself. I'm sure he had to be thinking to himself, what the hell did I get myself into here? But he, the young man held his own very well. Mm-hmm. So all around, it was a very successful game for the Blues. Drew Bannister, interim head coach, gets his first victory behind the bench so yeah everything's great anthony i don't know why you're looking at me like that here's jordan Cairo as he clarifies his comments on uh, craig berube obviously respect chief you know it's been my coach for the whole time i've been here right so you know i respect everything he's done here you know he's done, he's done a great job you know he won a cup right so all i really meant was you know i'm just trying to focus on my future and you know focus on what i can do to help my team win so that's, that's all i really meant all right there you go what do you think, Anthony? I think he probably should have led with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, probably should have said that yesterday. Had he said that yesterday, everything would have been fine. You know what? Water under the bridge now, though. Moving on. Water under the bridge. And I've been thinking about this since it happened yesterday and got to the conclusion that Jordan Cairo probably would have been better off had he just said, you know, like asked about the relationship. Mm-hmm. Had he just said, yeah, you know what? We didn't get along. It wasn't great, but I wish him all the best. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, because that would have been that would have been like, oh, he's being honest. But at least he said, "I wish him all the best." Yeah, might not even mean it, but he said it. It's, so. it's like eh. at that point, I think I think every member of the media would be like, "Wow, well, we knew it." Okay, all right, yeah. moving on. Right. You're Instead, right. the no comment, no comment, followed by a comment, followed by a comment. <laughs> like the no comment leaves way too much available. Like yeah. even if even if he would have full stop after no comment, mm-hmm. but, ooh. Sure. 
Meanwhile, he just means like, I really don't have anything to say. Or, yeah. I don't want to say what I think. Mm. We're not sure, but we're going to spin it however we want, because he said no comment, which means, hmm, there must be one in there. Right. I think last night, you mentioned it earlier this week about Patrick Mahomes, how he's sort of let things just stew in him, right? And yeah. then it boiled over. I think Blues fans have been somewhat fed up a little bit with Jordan Cairo's play since he's been on the team. And and I think this was that tipping point. He's been on the team what, all five years? Well, at least They're fed up with a guy who's pouring the game? Well, or Jamie, you know what I'm talking about. Like the work ethic, like there's this thought like, oh, he's not working hard, all that stuff. And then this was that moment where it was like, all right, let's just let's just get at him. Yeah, it, listen, if like, anybody, this was the tipping point. Sure. And I think, Marshy, to your point, too, if anybody had an axe to grind regarding Jordan Cairo or if they've been unhappy about anything at all, yesterday was their moment mm-hmm. to be yeah. heard. And they did. The arena was full of booze. It was it was awkward. It was weird. In all of my years of playing professional sports, covering professional sports, mm-hmm. I have not seen the home team player get booed like that. Yeah. In his barn. So to Mar so March just brought up my comments about Patrick Mahomes and the and the whole Kadarius Tony situation. Mm-hmm. And if you missed it on Monday, I'll I'll just summarize here. I said that that whole thing his outburst was not about Kadarius Tony. Right. It may sound, it may seem like it was. It wasn't. To me, it was Patrick Mahomes' weeks and months of frustration finally building up, and it just erupted. And he decided to just use that moment to mm-hmm. like get it all out. What he's really upset about is that you've got all your offense isn't as good enough, good now. You're dropping passes. Off. That's what he's really ticked off at. Last night, I don't think it was Blues fans just being frustrated with Kyra. I think that was there. But that was Jamie. To, 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 you, you phrased it perfectly. You said that that there was their opportunity to be heard. Yeah, fans were pissed off because you let go of the only head coach that won you a Stanley Cup. So everybody was there. First opportunity. Cairo unfortunately was the intended target. Mm-hmm. But I think that the booze could have could have gone up to the the front office and the press box. Anthony, too. They did. They did. <laughs> no, no, they did. They had a picture or a video of Doug Armstrong. Yeah, they booed him before the. Yeah, sure. Well, I thought you didn't know the way you just acted. Well, no, but I'm. We're talking about, but we're focusing on Cairo. I'm expanding it out to it was the fr- it was the overall frustration of letting go of Chief was is is my point. Yeah. So now it's out. It's done. You move. You you know you're moving on. I think it would be overkill if the next home game you did the same thing. I think we can all move forward here. You ticked off. You got you got it out. I had no issue with it. I had no issue with the booze. And I'm, I've 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 often said I'm not a big like oh boo guy. I think it's kind of lame. Not last night. I thought it was justified. Go for it. Let it fly. Were now let's learn from it. No. I can see you. Boo. No. Killian. Boo with me. No. He's not. I'm not gonna tell my kid to boo. <laughs> Why am I booing? Boo Daddy? this man. Yeah. Just do no. it. Just do it, son. No. I mean, and now Kyrie has an opportunity too to learn from it. Well, any. Not that he made amends last night with his comments following the game, but I, I think the moment that you can't fake, that you can't BS, is the moment he wells up. Mm-hmm. Like all the other stuff, as far as like, oh, I respect Chief and all this stuff, you can always, eh, you know, he's covering up, and now that he got busted, and uh, you can't. And Jordan Cairo doesn't seem to me like an Oscar award-winning actor. Yeah. Okay? He hasn't been formally trained, to my knowledge. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Don't know. But him 
choking up a little bit, wiping away tears was a moment of a 25 year old that realized like I made a big mistake. I need to grow up. I need to pick my words, but I screwed up. I got to do better. And it hit him on the moment. The media were surrounding him. Like it was a, like it was a mosh pit of media around Jordan Cairo. And so I think that if nothing else, the impact of that situation, the teachable moment, the learning moment of all that was there for Jordan Cairo. Let's hope he does take that and continue to evolve as a fan base. Now, I think you got to let it go. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I think you do. You got your pound of flesh. You got to make him feel terrible, which everybody did. And then he broke down. I mean, that's if you're if you're looking for a payoff, that was the payoff, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And Jake, now you build him back up now. Sure. Because he is on this team it, and is your favorite team in this city. You should want your players to succeed because it ends up being your happiness in a sense. You don't want them to fail because then you just are a miserable person. Uh, look, I I agree with a lot of what you just well, said. There'll I, be some that want to be that way. <laughs> well, but I, but I also think yeah. too. I mean, Jamie, Jamie, you got four kids that you know of. As soon as as, you, as soon as you became a father, that responsibility hits you pretty hard. I mean, I think it does for all parents. Like, oh, yeah. oh crap, I can't do a lot of things that I was doing beforehand, man. I got a lot of responsibility now. I got I got little ones here that are. Boy, I guess they come first now. Like once once responsibility smacks you upside the head, you got to change. Yeah. And I think Jordan Cairo, maybe in, uh, up until this point, the responsibility didn't smack him in the face. You got an 8 by 8 contract. You're one of the top players on the team. You're paid like it. Doug Armstrong gave you a, a Brinks truck worth of money here to to produce and to perform and to not... To to wear to wear the, the jersey and all that, the sweater with pride, yep. and wear the logo with pride. Okay, so now, the opportunity moving forward. Marsh, you're right. You should root for him, but he also, in my opinion, should take that responsibility, not with a grain of salt, but as much as it's it's weighing on him, oh, and sure. turn it now into a positive himself. Yeah, he's got to. And, and look, it, it is the leadership group. So I can't tell you how many people I had conversations with yesterday. Thank you, St. Louis, for letting me know that there are so many Blues fans out there. I mean it. Like every corner, every store, every gas station. Somebody had a question regarding what was going on, whether it was Coach Berube or Jordan Cairo. And I don't blame him. It was the hot topics of the 24 to 48 hours. Now, at this point here, you got you to gotta get behind the young man. Now, this is, this is the time for St. Louis to make him their own. You know, everybody, the fans here in St. Louis, I live here in St. Louis, and I've lived here for a long time. There's a tremendous amount of pride in the fan base here, whether it's Cardinals or Blues or both, of making players their own Mm -hmm. and then wanting them to succeed. This guy screwed up. He's a young kid. He said something he shouldn't have or he didn't say enough of what he really truly thought either way. Booed the hell out of him last night. He broke down. Now's the time. Pick him up. And we've seen this fan base do that. I remember back in, you know, 2018, Jay Bowmeister was a guy that the fans wanted to run out of the building. And now he doesn't have to buy a beer anytime he's in town because of the player and his impact on that cup team. But he was a player that a lot of people weren't a fan of. And that quickly changed because of his play. And I think that same thing can happen with Jordan Cairo. Yeah. And, you know, everybody talks about the leadership, right? Well, you know, the, the captain should get in his face. And did, did Shen punch him in the mouth and all this stuff, right? Sometimes you don't have to. The one one that didn't happen, you don't have to do that. And 
two, but now the leadership group, quite honestly, can help him through this. Mm-hmm. And not rally around him, but just drag him back in. Drag him back into the group and somewhat protect him. Though. Yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't always have to go the tough route. No. Sometimes you look at it and you say, okay, that, that hit him. All right. Now let's move forward here. It clearly hit him. Trust me. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter's Fast Line on 101 ESPN. All right. So we, we let off with Kyra. I do want to get into a lot of the things that Jamie was trying to talk talk about with the Blues on ice. So what were some of the differences? Only one game. One game. That's it. Stanley but Cup or bust now, Anthony. It's the only game that we have to break down in Drew Bannister's interim time. So what were some of the, 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 the differences, noticeable differences that Jamie saw last night with the new head coach? We'll get into that next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. And a long shot deflected down and wide. Two seconds left, and that'll do it. You can bring up the Zamboni. The Blues beat the Ottawa Senators by a score of four to two. And congratulations to Drew Bannister, who earns two points in a Blues victory in his first game as head coach of the St. Louis Blues. Chris Kerber right here on the home of the Blues, 101 ESPN and Blues Radio Network. Jamie? Yeah. What'd you see last night? Differences. Well, first game. As far as systematically, I didn't really see anything different. No, it doesn't have to be systematically. Um, like what? What? What stood out to you then? How about that? Well, good Forget start. Forget what's different. Big start. You know. It, it, Can we get a new mic, maybe at some point? Well, if you quit touching it with your, I'm microwave gonna touch fingers. it. I'm gonna touch the mic. All right. Stop you, slapping it. That's yeah, gonna happen. Bag of wine, that Anthony. That's gonna happen. I'm gonna touch the mic. Whether it's buzzing or it's, you're giving me the problem. I want the solution. Or it's whapping you in the face, like it's maybe it, get, it goes straight up like that because all you do is play with it. That's how it's supposed to work, my yeah. man. And it still works pretty damn good. You're damn right it does. Thank you, mentality. Thank you, mentality. Um, that being said, <laughs> the blues oh. last night. <laughs> You're always there for me. Yeah. You're my boy. <laughs> Anyways, where the hell am I now? Blues. blues. What, what's where are we? Where, where are, are we? we? No, last night, what was noticeable for me was you get a bump. You get the new coach bump. Players come out like they're on fire, skating, passing, shooting, shot after shot after shot. Like I couldn't believe it. At one point, I think it was ten nothing. The shots on goal for the Blues. I was like, "This is wait, this is reversed. This is different." It it was. Um, so that's the the one thing that I noticed overall was just that the compete level was there. It was pretty darn close to a full sixty minute effort. Like, it really was. There were some some spots in the game where Ottawa had a push, but that's what they're there for. They're the opposition. They're supposed to actually try hard, too. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that game one in the books under Drew Bannister, uh, to which, you know, hats off to Drew Bannister. And let's, as a fan base, let's try to separate some things here. Being happy for Drew Bannister is not siding with him over Craig Berube. Sure. Craig Berube's our guy. Love Craig Berube. He's going to be my friend for life. Bottom line, I think he's an excellent coach. He'll have a job soon, and he's a Stanley Cup champion. Mm-hmm. I don't think I need to say that every single time I'm going to talk about Drew Bannister. Because Drew Bannister, I think, in the last 24, 48 hours has handled this situation 
pretty good. Think about that for a second. You're Drew Bannister. You've never had the opportunity yet to coach the NHL level as a head coach. You're coming in on the heels of one of the most popular sports coaches in St. Louis history. I'm going to say hockey. Sports coaches. That guy who's the first one to bring your hockey team a Stanley Cup. He's a big personality. He's the face of the franchise. And you're coming in to replace him. That's not easy. It's not easy. Think about it. It'd be like you, Anthony Stalter, we fired Howard Stern. You got his job and all his listeners. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. (laughs) Whoa. Not going to end well. Compliments to Drew Bannister for coming in, organizing this team the way he wanted it to be organized, working with Steve Ott and Mike Weber and everybody else in the organization to make sure that they were ready to go. And they were. And they, they had a good game. I thought the power play didn't, you know, it didn't generate any goals, but the setup looked a lot better, too. And, and I like that. Team seemed a little more confident. There was a little more physicality last night. Last night had, a, like, the buzzings of a playoff game. It's the Ottawa Senators. We see them twice a year. And it felt like we played, yeah, this is life or death. And it, there were some big hits, scrums, a hell of a fight between Tyler Tucker and Brady mm-hmm. Kachuk. Mm-hmm. So... Those are the things I noticed. Well, yeah, I I, I thought that was, that's a good point too because I I had watched that and I'm like wow they're kind of buzzing a little bit and I wonder if that's because as a player look you're a competitor and you had to also endure how everybody's talking about lose you know you, you fire Craig Berube not not a great decision all that and maybe you're starting to hear some of the rumblings too of like no this is your fault as a player. Well, that's got to take you off. And you say, okay, watch this. I just hope it's sustainable. And I I think you bring up a great point, too, about, about Drew Bannister. I remember when Dunk and I took over for Bernie. Bernie had went back to the paper. That was his, you know, Bernie, dear friend of mine, Bernie Nicholas, used to be on these airwaves, used to do the mid, midday show. And Bernie was, he didn't get fired he, he decided to go back to the, the newspaper full-time and then eventually came back to radio and all that. But we got – Dunk and I had that time slot. Bernie, big personality, incredible talent, you know, great show, all that. Dunk and I get paired up together, and the first show, we're down at Enterprise Center, and the show, like, goes out. Oh, mm. gosh. And I remember watching the texters. These are the bums you got to replace Bernie ah. Nichols, all that. And I just, I just remember, you know, some some of it was kind of funny because at least Dunk and I were in it together, and every, and everybody really liked Dunk. And Dunk masked a lot of, you know, he took a lot of the kind of the attention away from me, which is great because, you know, I could just kind of do my thing. But I remember thinking, okay, just guys, just give us a shot here. Just give us a shot. You may not like it anyway. You may not like it when it's all said and done, but just give it, just give it a shot. So I think we we should do that for Drew Bannister too. Let's just let's just see how it goes. He might get let go for the new head coach in two months. He might let go get let go at the end of the year. But let's just see how it goes. Let's give him a shot here. If we don't wind up liking it anyways, fine. But let's give him an honest shake. Even though, like you said, we're we're all hurting for Chief. Yeah, we're hurting, but cheer for your team too. If you want the Blues, like if you love the Blues, cheer for the team. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who's behind the bench. Mm-hmm. Cheer for the team. Because it's inevitable that whoever you love as a head coach is going to be gone one day. Yeah. It's the bottom line. If you're a Joel Quenville lover, what happened there? Gone. Yeah, he got fired. He got fired. Then, if you're a then one, Craig Berube, Chicago. Well, he did, but it doesn't matter, Anthony. Okay. If you loved him here, like, it's inevitable that those coaches have to leave. So, 
one day Craig Brew will be back. I, I believe it will be to put on a Blues Hall of Fame jacket, as he has already deserved that, in my opinion. Um, and we'll reminisce, and there'll always be Stanley Cup reunion parties, and the Chief will be forever linked to the city of St. Louis, which is a great thing. I think it's encouraging that a lot of the players on this roster, he's already coached, and he has a pretty damn good record in the AHL. So I'm looking at that, and I think that can translate for the rest of the season because those players are used to a familiar face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. All right. Blues stars pregame tomorrow at 6 o'clock. We also have an NFL game for you. Bengals and Vikings. Marsh's Vikings. We never did the Stalter stack up. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should put the Raiders in there. Ooh, they look well, good last night, yeah. huh, boys? 63. Chargers? I'm shocked Brandon Staley got fired after that what? one, huh? You know? Oh, his... In fairness to him, there was a lot of defensive touchdowns that were scored in the second half for the Raiders, but nonetheless, mm. 63 don't look good when you're a defensive coach, huh? So he's let go. <laughs> so is the GM. Wait, he's a defensive Telesco. coach? Yeah, well, <laughs> well not that, anymore. At least that's what the title says, Jamie. But yeah, he was he was let go last night. Should we? Are we hoping for Bill Belichick in that spot? Ooh. Let's get into that next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Little surprised to see that Brandon Staley is now the former head coach of the LA Chargers. After his team allowed 63 points to be scored on last night. 63, huh? That's it? That's it. 63. Wow. I stopped watching after it was 42 to nothing at halftime, Jamie. Um, Boy. It was 42 nothing at halftime. It was 42 to nothing at halftime. Oh, my, my friend yeah. had the under. <laughs> <laughs> that ticket, that ticket could be crossed off or uh, ripped up in the first quarter. 
So, wow. yeah, the, the Raiders, for those scoring at home, first uh, first quarter they scored three touchdowns. Second quarter they scored another three touchdowns. They opened up in the third quarter with a Jacoby Myers pass to Devontae Adams. I mean, why not? Jacoby Myers plays receiver, by the way. Mm. So when they were up 42 to nothing after halftime, they decided to throw another, their second, at least of the night, Jacoby Myers pass. So he, he completes that to Devontae Adams. Finally, the Chargers get on the board after uh, – after that 49 to nothing score, they made it 49 to 7. Raiders scored the next two touchdowns. Both, by the way, were defensive touchdowns. Had a 44 yard fumble return for a touchdown and a 16 yard pick six to make it 63 to 7 before the Chargers made it a game by scoring the final two touchdowns, 63 21. So Brandon Staley was fired. Tom Telesco, the general manager, also fired for the Chargers. You had to let both go. Even if you say, now nah, the Chargers have a bunch of talent. Yeah, ish. They do. It's sporadic. So why do you have to let the GM go? Oh, I think you have you let the GM go because why? Because he, he hired a bad coach. He hired a bad coach, and he didn't put together a roster that was that was going to win anything long term. So wait, huh? So he fired the GM mm-hmm. because he hired the wrong coach. Yes, or he had to fire the coach, uh-huh. and he put together a bad roster. Correct. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out why you do that. Yeah, typically that's that's why you <laughs> do me, something like that. To me, I just fire like the coach and go with it. But you know, yeah, whatever. Tomato, <laughs> we've tomato. We've seen it before. <laughs> ah, you, <laughs> Tom Curran, who is a reporter who covers the 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 Patriots. He had he had the report right around mid season. Remember the Patriots flew out to I don't know if it was Germany or whatever it was, it was Germany mm-hmm. uh, beforehand. Germany. Yeah, this one really matters for the Patriots as they played the Colts in terms of like Bill Belichick and his job status. Yep. However, Tom Curran reported that the Patriots would would not fire Robert Kraft would not fire Bill Belichick midseason. Well, they lost that game. It was ugly. That was the game that Mac Jones three interception. He got benched, and then Bailey Zappi, also known as Mac Jones two, mm-hmm. went out and threw another interception. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty much ugly ever since. Belichick, as Tom Curran's reporting, will not come. Will not return. Next year will not be re- retained. Who will? Bill Belichick will not be retained. Who said that? Tom Curran did. The same uh, guy that had that. I thought you meant it was like reported now. I'm no. looking for him. Like what? No, 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 no. He's reporting it. Okay. Yeah. Sources. It's one of those sources. Tell me that Bill Bill Belichick will not be with the Patriots okay. next year. Sources. Right. Trust me, bro. Yeah. Right. I mean, the smoke. This has been billowing for a while, and we've had the discussions like, do you let him go and all that? And I've said, no, man, you can't. But. It's just, it, well, apparently it's time. I told you guys what Pat McAfee did. Yes. He had Robert Kraft mm-hmm. on the set of College Game Day for the Army-Navy game. Mm-hmm. And before they let Robert Kraft go, he turned and shook his hand and said, hey, I don't envy you for what you're going to have to do. What's coming up? Right. He's like, you don't have to comment on about that, but what's coming up, uh, I don't mm-hmm. envy you. Yeah. It was very cryptic. Mm-hmm. And Kraft just, as you noted, Kraft just Kraft kinda... just, he did nothing. He just yeah. like, okay, all right. And then... Pat McAfee had Bill Belichick on later. Yeah. Wearing a helmet. Did the Navy helmet. Yeah. 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 He turned and put the Navy helmet on. Uh-huh. The Jolly Roger He's helmet. like, look at me. I can be fun, San Diego or L.A. <laughs> San Diego. Why do oh. I do that? I still do that. That's okay. I still call them the San Diego Chargers. That's well, right. They should be in San Diego. Yeah. yeah. I think I like them better in San Diego. <laughs> for, for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. I want to see Bill Belichick land with the Chargers. I don't want to see Bill Belichick land with with a team that does not have a quarterback. We've seen that. Bill Belichick can still coach, and I think he's I think he's one of these guys that's just a football lifer. 
His father was a football coach. He's been he's been involved in football in some capacity for decades. I don't think this is somebody that's motivated by like surpassing Don Shula and all. I think he's just motivated by by coaching football. Uh, it's clear like his time in New England's done. The message is stale. He's got to move on. Again, I hope he doesn't move on to a team that doesn't have a quarterback. I think it's going to – it would be interesting if it's the Chargers. I got another team I'm going to throw out to you guys that might be a, a, a surprise. That has a quarterback? Yeah. Good. You want to try to guess now? I, I want I want to try wait, and guess. Wait, wait, wait. This, if we're going to play they a still, game, I want to play. They still have a head coach, but they have a quarterback. Do they have a good quarterback? <sighs> yes. And they have a good head coach. Ish. Is this quarterback injured at the current moment? No. Okay. Interesting. Buffalo this, Bills? Buffalo Bills. Ah. The Buffalo Bills. Can you imagine Belichick going to? Yes. Really? Oh, wow. To stuff it in their face? Yeah. He'd go to the Jets. Some people have said if that's where you're going with yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I was thinking the Jets. I've heard this before. Hey, Jets. Yeah, you he's not going to the Jets. He hates the Jets. He hates the Jets. This that's the organization that he not only left in the in the lurch, that was the team that also called him out for the Spygate. He ain't going to the Jets. Mm. But I could see him stay in the division. If Sean McDermott gets let go by the Bills, I could see him going to Buffalo. Wow. And if you're Buffalo, come on. No, of course you do it. If you're any team, quite honestly, if you're a team that has a coach that you like and Bill Belichick's available, you might fire him. Sure. I hate Bill Belichick. What's that? They hate Bill Belichick. Oh, they'll love him when he's wearing that red and bl- uh, blue. Oh, absolutely. He already does wear red and blue. That that ah. red and blue, though. <laughs> You'll love him when he's jumping through tables. Exactly. Which which division makes more sense if he wants to go to the playoffs? Easier path. Is it the AFC East or is it the AFC West? Well, Patrick Mahomes has already gotten uh, Josh McDaniels fired. Uh, now Brandon Staley fired. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett kind of got himself fired, but we'll just throw him in there too. Sure. I don't think going to the AFC West would be would be smart for for Bill. Again, I would love to see it because he'd be paired with Justin Herbert, and all he has to do is you know fix the roster. Mm-hmm. But well, I wonder if they fired the GM. I know we were sort of joking about that to start this segment off, but I wonder if they fired the GM because they're they have a plan to offer Bill the GM spot too. Sure. I also think Tom Telesco like that. That had played itself out as well. I never, I never really understood why you would keep one guy and not the other if if they came in at a similar time. But that's going to be the most one of the more interesting storylines if Bill Belichick is in fact relieved of his duties in New England, where he winds up. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on the AFC East. It seems, it seems to happen that way. You get a free agent, you get a head coach. You're like, oh, he's going to go someplace, and then he winds up in the same division. Rex Ryan did that. Remember the Jet? He was the head coach of the Jets, and there was a lot of rumors he'd go someplace else, and he wound up in Buffalo for a year or two. All right, moving on here. Let's get into the let's get into the Dodgers. Who Jamie called this? Did you call this last week or this week that they're they're going to get Tyler Glass now? Oh, they're getting Yamamoto next. They probably will. Stop saying I that. I can't help myself. And You're then Bell- into the ether. and then Bellinger. Watch. This is this not over, guys? I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. What does it mean for the Cardinals? They're screwed next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
reports last night were that the Dodgers and Rays were about to agree to a deal that would send Tyler Glass now to the Dodgers. But our own Jamie Rivers, our baseball guy, well, he called that earlier this week, or maybe even last week. He said, Dodgers are going to get Tyler Glass now. Jamie also <laughs> reporting that uh, the Dodgers are likely to sign Yamamoto. Close to closing Yamamoto mm. and Josh Hader. There you go. Wow. ESPN's Jeff Passer reporting the Dodgers and right-hander Tyler Glass now finalizing a five-year, $135 million contract extension. Last piece of the puzzle for that deal to be completed. Glass now going to the Dodgers. Manuel Margot also going to the Dodgers. They're going to trade Ryan Pepoit, who was one of their young starting pitchers. We talked about Pepoit. If the, the Cardinals were going to be heavy with trades and if, if they were if they lined up with the Dodgers that was a name that we talked about Johnny DeLuca also going to the Rays in the in the glass now deal so Dodgers as of right now are destroying the offseason I'm not saying they're winning it they're just destroying it Mark Feinstein is also reporting that Yuki Matsusui a five-time NPB all-star lefty reliever visited the Cardinals in St. Louis yesterday 28-year-old has 236 saves and a 2.43 ERA in 10 seasons with the Ratatouille and uh, Golden Eagles. I'm probably oh, hacking yeah. that up. The Ratatouille Golden the Eagles. Rakuten? Rakuten? Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Rah, He's considered one of the better free agent bullpen options. So he was at least in town yesterday. That'd be nice. Was the free zoo part of the trip? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Hang on, Anthony, was he in town to talk to the Cardinals or was he like coming through well i don't think he's talking to the blues i mean it is the gateway to the west what if he was just in town visiting it says no it says here visited the cardinals in st louis interesting i don't Hmm. think it's the birds he didn't stop at lambert and then go to guys i'm just you heard what i you heard what i read mark feinstein is reporting that yuki matasui a five-time all-star lefty reliever from the npb visited the cardinals in st louis on thursday I didn't hear from Jamie, so I don't know how. I don't think how this trustworthy is true. it is. You know, Jamie didn't say it uh, this this earlier this week. So that's right. All right, fair Thank enough. you, Andrew. Yeah, but let's just hypothetically say that Jamie did say it this week. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for the Cards and their bullpen? Oh, they're they're trying to they're trying to rebuild this bullpen. They're doing their they're doing their thing. Now, granted, the Dodgers are doing their thing, and they're they're just doing it better. But if the Cardinals could land him, I've never seen him pitch before. I'm assuming he's is that like, halfway decent if he's got 236 saves. Does that worry you? Does what worry me? That some of these Japanese or Asian pitchers have never faced major league batters, yet they're coveted like this? I mean, we've seen guy. No, we've seen guys like that succeed. We've seen guys like that not succeed. Yeah, I I understand. It's a crapshoot. Uh, it is. It is for sure, but. It's a crapshoot on even you know, North American kids and whatnot because you, know, you don't really know till you get to the major league level, but it's way more of a commitment when you're guaranteeing certain financial things to players from like way out there like Asia or you know your yeah international markets. international market mm-hmm. players because you just don't know. Yeah, I would worry about that, especially the pitcher position. Like you get a guy who's you know humming it in there in the. Uh, 
PBR league over there. Um, <laughs> NP, NPB league. Oh, the NPB league. Jeez. Riding bulls. <laughs> and, and I know like, he's a bull rider, but can he pitch? <laughs> but it's like, hey, what, they were just in St. Louis. That's probably when he stopped by. Maybe. He may have. But can those batters hit? Like, are they, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, I do. It's a risk. It's that the risk. same 2.43 ERA in 10 seasons may not translate the same way no, who uh, knows? to like, Major League Baseball. But, I mean, Sung Won Oh had some success here. We got his a, two uh, years. He was decent. A message from the Snake Pit. Uh, ellipsis 150. Jamie, it's the Shohei effect. Yeah. So I wonder, we've had this conversation before about NFL teams trying to recreate Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is something similar where... MLB teams are trying to find that next international superstar of they, sorts. I think they always kind of are. Yeah, aren't they? they should. I don't think the Cardinals have done a good enough job in the inter- international market of 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 landing talent. Mm-hmm. I think other teams do a much better job, quite frankly, especially when you talk about some of these younger guys. You know, the, Bra- the Braves with Acuna. I mean, some of these international signings they pass. You know, infamously, they passed on Luis Robert when Luis Robert was reportedly down to the Cardinals and White Sox. Mm-hmm. And ownership said, you know what, it's a lot of money. And they weren't wrong, but it's a lot of money to pay a guy we, we really don't know. We don't know projects how he projects to, to the major league level, but that's part of the job. And it burned him because Luis Robert's a really good player. I don't think they've been as active when it comes to the international free agent market as other teams have. And I think that's, that's an avenue that they've, they've lacked. They've fallen behind on. You only have a couple of opportunities to improve your roster. We've talked about this. Free agency is one. The trade market in in the offseason and, of course, at the, at the deadline is another. And the international market and the draft are the others. That's it. So if you're not procuring, if you're not landing talent out of those out of those those avenues, then you're screwed. Well, yeah, since it's all avenues. <laughs> That's it. You just named every avenue. Yeah. And he said, if you're not doing it through there. Right. You're right, Anthony. You Thank have, you. You know what? You've never been more right. It's kind of like when you when you play a game. If you don't score score more uh, runs or points or goals than the other team. Yeah. And don't allow mm-hmm. as much. You're not going to win. I've been telling you guys that for a while. Very profound. Thank you. There are some soccer tournaments, <sighs> though, that you could play one game and not score as many points as the other team. But in another game, if you outscore them yeah. by... You know what they call that? The aggregate. The aggregate. Yeah. Uh, Anthony didn't know that. So, no, I didn't. You're not only, a soccer guy. Only because I didn't care. Oh, uh, Jeff wow. Pat Again, Jeff Passon reporting. <laughs> Would you want me to be honest or not? Nice for a change. I am being nice by no, being honest. I said it's nice that you're being honest. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I misread you. By the way, you guys were very... Uh, you guys were button heads the the other day when I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. I heard a, I heard a lot about it. You guys okay? Oh, we're fine. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if that was seeping into well today's show. No. Yeah. The we're fact pros. that I can't stand him <laughs> when we go off the air has mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. Yeah. When we get on air, it's yeah. magic. It's just magic. Yeah. But the, the bottom line is he had a bad attitude the other day after Chief got let go, and I I tried to tell him about it for four hours. Mm-hmm. How did he ever? Even if it was just ridiculous, he told me it wasn't ridiculous. You yeah. were not. You were not as upset. You were. You were not as upset as I was about the chief firing, and That's I thought it was ridiculous. True. You don't know how I feel inside, Anthony. Even I do. though you try a lot, you don't know how I feel inside. 
You're right about that. Exactly. You're absolutely right about exactly. that. Exactly. Hey, Drew Bannister, the interim head coach for the Blues. I'm just going to transition here. He's going to join us at uh, at five fifteen. Yeah, yes. So it'll be nice to talk to the interim head coach. He can't wait to talk to us. Has he heard the show? No. <laughs> no. Does he know we exist? Really? Yeah, he knows I exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does he know about the 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 rules for the fast lane at all? No. Okay. No. no. He has nice. no idea what he's getting involved with. He probably thinks he's coming on here going to have a real solid, interesting in, you know, interview. A little mm. cookie-cutter interview. Yeah. yeah. It might be. Who knows? Okay. All right. Why don't we talk about your St. Louis Blues? Okay. Let's under, do that. Under Drew Bannister. Yeah. How long will it take to have him implement some of the changes that we could see forthcoming? That's next. I want to win you a spin. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah, and somehow that disappeared as the game went on. And, uh, you know, I think there was parts of our game that we liked and there was parts of our game that when I look, you know, at it right now and surely when I look at it here tonight a little bit more, there's parts of the game that we have to clean up. That was Drew Bannister as the interim head coach now for your St. Louis Blues. He's going to join us at 5.15. We'll, we'll talk to him, get to know him a little bit following the 4-2 win for the Blues over the Senators in his first game as the interim coach. Yes, Jamie, your hand is up. Yeah, I I, I knew we were going to get this, and, and we tried to do the full disclaimer earlier today about how much we love Craig Berube and how great he was, and no one will ever replace him. So the Air Comfort Service text line, feel free to text in any time. That number is 314-399-9646 from the 618. I ain't, mad. I ain't mad at the 618, but here's the comment. Went from having a Blues coach like Larusa or Herzog, now the Blues have an Ollie Marmel of the NHL. Okay, a couple things here. Drew Bannister played 160 games in the NHL. He's a he's an NHL player. He was drafted in the second round to the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was the second ever pick to the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was a good player, solid defenseman. Went on to have a 18 year pro career overall. Coaching, playing and coaching all over the world, and then coaching afterwards, junior hockey, American League, and now getting his chance. Uh, what other path would you like him to take? He's literally done everything that you're supposed to do to get your opportunity, including having the player's resume. Because that's what, some of the people have that beef with Ollie. Well, he never played in the majors. What could he possibly know? Drew Bannister did play in the NHL. So can we get away from that? Give the guy his opportunity. Again, this has nothing to do with Craig. Craig Berube's a legend. I'd go to war with Craig Berube. I'd drink beers with Craig Berube. I love the guy. But that has nothing to do with Drew Bannister. No, it doesn't. I think it's going to take some people uh, a while, though, to move past that. I know, but that. at least he's got a playing resume. Like If I, if, if you're going to be that way about it, like, ah, he wasn't a player. Like, he was. He fought Tony Twist. Didn't go great, but he fought him. I was going to say how to go. Oh, but... But he fought yeah, him. He was willing to do it. Like he, I got gotcha. you. Like if you're looking for a guy that you're like, you know what? Like, well, Craig Berube used to fight wars. He did a lot of them. But people were ticked. 
People are ticked. I know. They're not going to... You're you're asking people... But I'm not, people to, I'm not asking people to not love Craig Berube. Yeah, but you're asking people, Jamie, to have perspective right now. They're not going to have it. They're ticked off. They're ticked off still that Craig Berube got fired. I understand what you're saying, Jamie. You're right. There is no comparison there to Drew Bannister and Ollie Marmel in terms of a playing a playing standard. But you're asking people to have perspective right now. They're not. They're pissed off. So, they're going to be ticked off for a while. Now, if Drew Bannister... Wins five games in a row. I think people are people are gonna change their tune a little bit here because yeah, winning winning is the cure all to I everything. That. And he's a young, or he's not even young. He's older than I am. He he's a new head coach in the NHL, and so you, you think just because you haven't heard of the guy that oh, who's this guy? That's correct. Well, and a lot of a lot of people get upset that NHL GMs and whatnot hire recycled coaches, right? You know, that one coach true. gets fired and then mm-hmm. he comes to another team. And, you know, look what the Edmonton Oilers are doing right now. They brought in, in, a, in a major junior hockey coach. Yeah. Can I, can I tell you guys something about sports fans? I'm not even talking about just our listeners. I'm talking about us here in the room, too. Sports fans. Well, actually, by the way, he was in the AHL, but he coached Connor McDavid in there you go. the OHL. But continue. We don't know what we want until we we know what we don't want. That's just a, That's just a fact. We don't know what we want as sports fans. We just know when we don't want something. We didn't want Craig Bruby to be fired. So it doesn't matter who takes over. It could be Drew Bannister. It could be somebody else. It's not Craig Bruby. Yep. You had said this a couple of days ago, and you're right. Drew Bannister's walking into the lines then. Oh. When it comes to the fan base, when it comes to him uprooting his life, when it comes to him, you know, really... Having an opportunity to earn the job, but it's a very small opportunity. Let's be honest about that. That's a tough task. And he's got to step inside a locker room that is not winning, didn't win last year, that had a system, a method, a philosophy drilled into them all offseason by Craig Bruby. That's uprooted. And he's got to basically make it work in... Little to no time. Well, with, Last night was a good start. Yeah, but little to no time and with little to no practice time. Yes. Because today was a, another practice, and you try to address some things, but you got a game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you, you can only practice so many things before you have to worry about getting into game mode for your next opponent, which sure. happens to be the Dallas Stars. You brought up something. You brought up a really good point about Craig Berube when he first took over here, too. It took him about a month. It took him a month. Oh, it, t- it took a month for Craig Berube to write the ship. Yes. It, it took him a month to get the players' trust, to show that he was going to be consistent, to show that he was going to be fair, and not fair in the standpoint of, like, everybody's going to get the same opportunity, fair from the standpoint of, I'm going to do what's best for the team, and I'm going to be honest with your role. It took him about a month. Drew Bannister might have less than that when you think about it. He may or may not, depending on how you know Doug Armstrong views this process. Yeah. But the bottom line is going to take some time here. I think the biggest mistake that Drew Bannister could have made, that he didn't, is come in somewhat unprepared. He didn't. He came in prepared. He'd watched hours and hours of video, uh, spent the entire day traveling the one day to get here, and the entire day it took him to set his lineup up while talking to the assistant coaches, while going over video and certain things and points with guys and certain pairings. and like. So he's ready for this opportunity. Is he ready to be a head coach full-time? Time will tell. 
but he's ready right now for this opportunity. He also seems like a no BS kind of guy. After hearing everything that he said in his his initial press conference, post-game conferences, I've really enjoyed the things that he's had to say, and I think it will resonate with Blues fans as time goes on that people will end up liking what he brings to this team. And he's from, listen, he's from Sudbury, Ontario. Oh, yeah. All that means is that he comes from a very, very blue-collar area. He was born and raised very blue-collar tough area people what the money they make they earn so like he gets he understands the passion here in st louis he understands that blue collar mentality although he didn't play over a thousand games and he's not on every youtube clip beating the snot out of people he he gets it yeah he's gonna have to he's gonna have to win though that's it i mean in in order for the fan base to to really like him he's got to win people liked ollie when he won People didn't like Ollie when he didn't win. That's that's the truth. When his first season, when Ollie won, people were like, you know, he's not bad. You know, you don't have to play in order to be a good manager. Like we move the narrative all the time. It depends depending how, yeah. on if you're winning. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Last yeah. year is a yeah, yeah, you know that scumbag Ollie. He won. He won the year before because of Albert. That was it. <laughs> and guys, and it, then in the playoffs, and in the they playoffs lose to the Phillies, and that's where it started to snowball. Right. Right, Helsley had a bad had a bad finger, couldn't pitch through it. It was Ollie's fault. Arenado and Goldschmidt were MVP and and MVP candidates throughout the year. They didn't do anything the first series. It's Ollie's fault. Win or lose, we could talk about the process. We could talk about blue collar mentality. Talk about whether or not somebody fits a system, uh, a, a city, a team, a friend. It's all about winning, and that's it. Craig Berube, unfortunately, is not here because he couldn't win with this roster in the last year and a half. One before that, but even that wasn't good enough. I don't even necessarily think that it would even be his fault if the Blues continue to play wishy-washy hockey because then you can because look at the players and then you can look at the roster that was constructed. If he wins, that's just sort of like an added bonus that he was able to get this team back to uh you know, playing good hockey right. consistently. So I, I don't even know if it's really his. If they continue to play the way that they have been, like, I, I, I won't blame them. Like, sure. it's the roster. It is. And the roster would be telling you that it's, it is a, a slightly above average roster or average roster, which is what we all thought going in, mm-hmm. which is why three nights ago was such a shock when you see that Craig Ruby got let go. But to Jamie's first point, give him a shot. Let's see what he's got. Maybe he maybe he sees some of the issues that that Craig Berube unfortunately couldn't fix for whatever reason, and maybe he, he can he can fix this. But to the earlier text too about now we've got so and so, you actually don't. He's an interim head coach. You don't know who your next head coach is. You don't know who the replacement is for Berube. We don't know if it's going to be Drew Bannister. He's the interim. He's mm-hmm. the guy that's got the title right now. But, Jamie, you liked some of the things last night, including the compete factor. Yeah, and again, it's a one-game sample, and it's the it's the new coach bump. I totally understand it. I get it. I mean, I've been there several times, did a lot of different coaches, and and it's amazing the effect it has on it. But you know what? For whatever reason, sometimes a new set of eyeballs finds new ways to be successful. And it doesn't mean that one coach in any sport by the way, it doesn't mean that one coach isn't as good as the other. It's that we all have our ways 
no matter how it is, whether it's parenting ways, the way we work in the office, or if it's the way we coach a team, we all have our own way of doing it. And sometimes when you're so set in your ways, because that's what you've been doing for so long, sometimes you don't see certain things that are available to change because you do it your way. This is why there are coaching changes. And this is not even referring to Craig Berube and Craig B- uh, Andrew Bannister. This is just overall. When you switch a coach, it's because he wasn't seeing it the right way. There's coaches that just can't get the job done, and there's coaches that just get set in their ways. And then you bring in a fresh set of eyeballs, and all of a sudden you're like, well, I didn't know that team could do that. It's just because you're looking at it a certain way all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're not open to other opinions or if you don't have that available to you, sometimes it's hard to change. Because we always default back to our style of parenting, of coaching, of managing, whatever it is. We all have our own way of doing it. And so it's difficult to change while in the storm. Sure. Type thing. Yeah. And you believe in what you believe in. Of course, especially if you have success. If you've had the ultimate success, you right. believe in it. Who wouldn't? Yeah. So, again, this is this is not a Craig Berube, Drew Bannister conversation. This is a change of coach, and this is a team that has to start winning and playing more consistent. Bottom line. The players share a big part in this. 3-11, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. So last week, the Minnesota Vikings decided to uh, spit in the face of the number 10 spot there in the Stalter stack-up. Do they find themselves in the top 10 again this week after a heroic performance in that 3-0 victory? You'll find out next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Stalter Stackup, the top 10 teams in the NFL from the mind of Anthony Stalter. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Before we get to the Stalter Stackup, and I know nobody cares about uh, one through nine. That's we right. All, we all care about 10. We sure do. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, Marsh. Yeah. You read a text to us in the in the break that I thought was spot on going back to the conversation that we had about Baruby and Bannister. Can you read that text off? Yeah, from the 618, nobody wanted Baruby after Yo got fired. Most didn't even know who he was. There's a lot of truth to that. A lot of people wanted Joel Quinville. Yeah, they did. Right uh, away. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wanted Joel Quenville and I think Claude Julian and like any like almost anybody else out of the recycle bin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Is there it I mean, at this point in today's game, is there a is there a, a, a huge difference when it comes to coaches? Jamie? I mean you look around other sports, like like Bruce <clears throat> Bochy is is uh, is yeah. There are advantages to having a good coach. There are advantages. It, it, I just me, mean, but what, you're looking at the coaches right now I'm talking about. Is, yeah. there, is there a huge difference? Some, yeah, absolutely. And for me, it's not like your systems and things like that. It's your in-game management. It's what adjustments you can make. Because it's one thing to make adjustments in football at halftime. You know, you, okay, we got a halftime here, we're going to take a break and adjust. And it's one thing in football to make adjustments on the offensive side. I mean, your defense is on the field. You have some time to kind of get together with your guys. It's a whole other world to make adjustments in hockey. 
Mm-hmm. Adjustments in hockey happen obviously in real time, but quickly. Like there's no breaks. Like you don't get a chance to reset. Yeah. And so coaches who are able to adjust on the fly with systems tweaks, forecheck tweaks, power play, penalty kill, face-off plays, whatever it is, those are the coaches that are valuable. Because everybody knows going into the game, you've watched the tape. You know what the other team's going to do. But it's the curveball they throw you once the game has started because everybody has a tweak Mm -hmm. for whatever the matchup is. Whoever can find out, it's almost like poker, whoever can find out who's holding the aces first wins. And so guys like John Cooper... Uh, are extremely valuable. You know, I could go through the list of NHL teams, but work your way through it. Look at some of the teams that are successful right now. Look at some of the teams that aren't. Jim Montgomery's exceptional at in-game adaptions. Uh, <clears throat> Paul Maurice is great. Derek Lalonde is great. Marty St. Louis, not so great. DJ Smith, we saw him last night. Senator's not, not great at in-game adjustments. Standings reflect a lot of how these, these coaches are. You brought up Jim Montgomery. There, just from reading the t- the text the text line throughout the past year or so regarding the Blues, there was a portion of our listeners that were wanting Jim Montgomery to be the Blues head coach. Of course they did. Except there's a problem with that. Yeah, Craig Bruby was the head coach. Exactly. And Sounds Monty like- wasn't going to get an opportunity mm-hmm. until now. If Monty wanted to hang on as an assistant coach for another couple of years and and wait for his turn, I guess he could have. But let's not forget that Jim Montgomery was an NHL head coach before he became a Blues assistant coach. Mm-hmm. He had some personal issues that happened while he was head coaching in Dallas. Yeah. He's also the head coach of that team that took us to the brink yeah. of double overtime in Dallas, or, or here against the Dallas Stars. And he had some personal problems. Mm-hmm. Doug Armstrong offered him an opportunity to rebuild his brand, so to say. Came here, did a phenomenal job. The guys loved him. Obviously, he knows what he's talking about. Went to Boston, had a historical season. And then this year where they were supposed to fail. They were supposed to be, oh, they're going to be nothing like they were. They're in first place again. Yeah. So he's a hell of a coach. The timing didn't work out. That's all. Right. We will do some blues cues coming up at the bottom of the hour. So if you want to start sending in your blues-related questions to the Air Comfort Service tax line, 314-399-9646. We're going to do some blues cues in about 10 minutes. All right, let's do the Stalter stack up. Okay. Number one. San Francisco 49ers, no debate, no question. They're the only elite team right now in the league. Even though they got the same record as the Cowboys and the Eagles, they absolutely took both of them to the woodshed in respective uh, venues. Dallas at home, and then the Eagles in Philadelphia. San Francisco, clear-cut. Number one team. Number two. I got the Ravens. I had the Ravens there last last week. The Rams, game a game. And really, I thought the offic- uh, the officials, despite the fact that I, I was rooting for the Ravens, I'm rooting for the fact that the you know you and I both have the Ravens as the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. I thought they got away with uh, a lot of missed calls there on that that punt return for a touchdown last week in overtime. Nonetheless, they're ten and three, 143 point differential. When the Ravens are are on top of their game. They're as good. I wouldn't say they're as good as the Niners, but they're right there. It's whether or not they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. Their defense, I, I that was that was a little tough to watch their defense last week. I thought Matthew Stafford and that Rams offense kind of did what they wanted to him, but most teams don't have Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua and Sean McVay and all that. So Ravens are my number two team. Number three. I got the Cowboys. What? How about them Cowboys? Oh, God. Andrew Marsh was ahead of it. Was he? 
He was. He said the Dallas Cowboys are going to earn the number one seed in the NFC. Now, I don't see that happening, but they're on track right now after after pummeling the Eagles last Sunday night to win the a, the NFC East. Who have they played? That was, that was a big conversation. Well, they just crushed the Eagles. If they go into Buffalo, Buffalo would be a, a formidable opponent on the road. I'm not saying the Bills don't have issues. In fact, I think every team not named the 49ers have issues that you can point to but the Cowboys that passing game is electric Tony Pollard starting to look better look a little little better each and every week still not the guy that he was in the the past but that defense is aggressive they get the ball out they can rush the passer with Micah Parsons they've got a lot of the elements that you like now they're going to lose in the first round probably yep but for right now they deserve that number three spot Number four. Had, had to drop the Eagles to number four. I do wonder, though, if the Eagles are in a bit of a tailspin like the 49ers were, and this is just kind of their time to emerge from that tailspin. Their secondary, especially their corners, are very susceptible. The last couple of weeks, the 49ers, really the Bills, the Bills picked on their secondary, the 49ers picked on their secondary, the Cowboys picked on their secondary. At some point, they're going to they're gonna fix that. Seattle might because they got the receivers to do so. But after that, you got the Giants, Cardinals, and Giants again. And with all due respect to Tommy DeVito, I don't think DeVito is going to beat the Eagles twice, nevertheless once. Eagles are number four. Five. Five, we got the Chiefs. Apparently, uh, Travis Kelsey did not go to Taylor Swift's birthday party. So There's problems in paradise, I heard. We had issues. He could have. He could have done it. If he just would have a private jet. Mm-hmm. I mean, done for practice. For the day, could have went over, yep. party. Came back. Private jet back. Yep. There's a huge story about it. He, he would have. At the beginning of this at the beginning of the relationship, he did that. He went all the way to Argentina. He did. It's no. how it's funny how things change, eh? Yeah, no doubt. It's like a country dog, Anthony. They'll run five miles just to you know. Mm-hmm. And then once they get something on a regular basis, they're not running anywhere. No, anymore. no. Yeah, Sounds like right. they're out of the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, he was on his bye when he traveled down to the concert, but he stopped. Still. Yeah, but that was Argentina. That's true. That's a little different. Yeah. Know? I don't know. I just, all I'm saying is, I sense another album coming. It's wow. a good call, and we know what that means. It's lots of money for Taylor. Yeah. Chiefs, number five. We don't have to go over the Kadarius Tony thing again. Number six. Oh, we're moving on. All right, six. <laughs> Keep the feet moving. Uh, yeah. Dolphins. Really? Wow. What do you mean, really? Really? You think they're too high? Because I'll list the other teams. No, I think. Yeah, they're I think low? they're too high. You think they're too high? Yeah. Wait like till. You. Wait till I get to the other teams, Jamie. Then you can come talk to me. Okay, fine. I don't really have to go anywhere. You're right in front of me. True. Tyree Kill being banged up. Not good. Tyree Kill's the MVP of the league. He is. Marshy kind of indicated that the other day. He's absolutely right. No you push saw, back here. You saw, you saw that offense against the Titans on Monday night. If Tyreek Hill plays, great. Is he effective? Can he beat Tyreek? Because if he can, no issues with the Dolphins. If he can't, now we got some problems. Tua looked like a different receiver. Or receiver. He was, he's not a receiver. A uh, different quarterback without his number one wide receiver. Uh, but again... If you like any of these other teams I'm about to mention over the Dolphins, I mean, we're, we're splitting hairs. Number seven, thank you. Bills. I got the Buffalo Bills. Now, maybe I should have had them at six instead of the Dolphins. They did pummel Miami earlier in the year, but I don't think that the Bills' problems are solved. I broke down the two-minute drill that the Bills had or the, the, the sequence of events before the two-minute. They should have lost that game last week. Nine times out of ten, you give the ball back to Mahomes with two timeouts and, and, and two minutes to work with, you're, you're screwed. They got away with it last week. 
So the Bills still are not learning from some of their late-game problems, still turning the ball over a lot, but they got Josh Allen. And I wouldn't be shocked if they beat the Cowboys this weekend with the Cowboys coming off the big win against the Eagles. So the Bills are kind of one of those teams that are slowly climbing up, but I got them at 7 as opposed to 6. Number 8. I got Jamie's Lions here. Oh, thank God. I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> I was so worried, hey, Marshy. Hey, you should be, but not for the Lions. 9-4. and four. Right now for the I Lions knew it. coming off their I knew it. coming off their loss to the Bears. What a spoiler. Justin Fields. Justin Fields has given the Lions problems before. Mobile quarterbacks give them problems. I don't think Russell Wilson's gonna go in there tomorrow and give them issues. Detroit's too good. They they've kind of hit a malaise here. They as soon as Jared Goff stops turning the ball over, they're gonna be they're gonna be fine. But I had to drop them. You can't lose the Bears. Should have lost twice to the Bears. Go ahead, Marsh. Number nine. I don't love this, but I got the Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco looks good. Joe Flacco, like if he continues to win, he should probably win comeback player of the year. Dude hasn't played in like 10 years. Settle down. Looks great. Settle down. Their defense looks great (laughs) at home. Look, I don't like any of these teams. You get past five, I don't like any of these teams, but you got to slot somebody at nine, so go Cleveland. Who would you have? Denver? Hmm. I'll throw some of the other teams at Denver, the Rams. Marsh's Vikings. You yeah. like what you saw there? Three nothing. I like that defense. No, I had Brian Flores, give him a give it's him all a about raise. The D, Anthony, you it's know cer- that it D- certainly is. The D wins championships. Anthony, that team, my Minnesota Vikings, shut out the Las Vegas Raiders. Who just put up sixty three points. That's a really good point. Goes to show you how bad Brandon Staley is at his job. Oh, huh? come on, yeah. don't be picking on a guy who just got fired. Don't worry, Marsh. I did you a favor this week. I dropped your Vikings. I know who's at number 10. Who are the Falcons playing? They are playing the Panthers. Oh, it's mm. Panthers at 10. Number 10. Got to do the Panthers. Nope, I'm not doing the Panthers. It's some other team in the division. It certainly is. Oh, no. When I watched <laughs> when I watched Jamie's middle child, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, last week do what they did, I thought to myself, I have disrespected this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team Why? for too long. That's a first-place team. Jamie, to your credit, I finally listened. Baker Mayfield has done a remarkable job in Tampa. He has. Everybody likes him. He's throwing game-winning touchdown passes. You've got Mike Evans. You've got Chris Godwin. You've got Rashad White. I mean, this team is a juggernaut. They're starting to get healthy defensively. Don't be fooled by the 6-7 and seven record, Jamie. That's a first-place team, and that Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they earned this top-10 ranking. So I got the Bucs as my number-10 team in the Stalter Stackup. Hey, you know what, Jamie? Why do you hate them? The curse has been lifted. It did get debunked one one time a little bit one time a little bit barely barely it took took a team (laughs) scoring zero points (laughs) at home in a dome for it to be debunked (laughs) buccaneers number 10 wow damn it you're welcome jamie he needs them to lose damn it anthony you're welcome my man (sighs) you've always you've talked to you talked to me about these bucks i finally listened took me a while Jamie, took me a while, yeah. but uh, I'm on board now, baby. Well, I'm glad you're on board now, Anthony. Sure is exciting. Blues Q's next. <laughs> 314-399-9646. We'll get to some blues-related questions. Your blues-related questions next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
time for the Fast Lane's Blues Cues. All right, you heard the voice. Time for some Blues Cues. What blues-related questions do you have for us? 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service tax line with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh. All right, question from the 314. How come Steve Ott did not get the interim coach, and do you see him leaving at the end of the season? Wow, this is a question that probably only Doug Armstrong could answer, to be honest. Um, you know what? I think that I think that Army looked at the possibilities across the board, and you look at Mike Weber. He's a new addition to this team, so obviously I don't. I, I shouldn't say obviously. I don't believe he would have been the first pick. Steve Ott, probably the next in line. But then, what do you do from an assistant coach point of view? Do you call up Drew Bannister to be the assistant coach here, although he's a head coach in the minors? Do you call up Daniel Tachuk from Springfield and say, hey, now you're an assistant coach? Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that right now, <clears throat> for the purpose that they're needing, I, I think a fresh voice overall is probably what Army wanted in this. I, t- again, to be completely clear, I don't know. I haven't sat down with Army to ask him about this, and I probably never will, to be honest with everybody. I just think he wanted a different set of eyeballs completely to come in and get an independent look and evaluation of this club. And when you're the assistant coach and you're in it every day, I don't necessarily know if that's independent. In fact, I know it isn't. Yeah. Because you were a part of what was going on before, and so you still might have some of the same points of view or evaluations of players that are a carryover. So I think that's why Army did. No, I think... I think what you said makes a lot of sense. If you want, if you, you being Doug Armstrong, are looking at the situation and you want a fresh voice, you want a different pair of eyes on the situation, you don't elevate somebody that is already on the coaching staff. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. And as far as Steve Ott's future with the club, I don't know exactly what his contract status is. I know that he's a really hard worker, uh, that the guys like him. Him and Army have a relationship that dates back all the way back to Steve Ott with the Dallas Stars. So I don't necessarily see him going anywhere. I don't know why he would. From the 636, what's going on with Sammy Blay? Well, Sammy Blay's having one of those seasons to where it's tough, right? So this is... This is always difficult for players like Sammy Blay. You come in as an offensive type player to pro hockey. I'm going to say the NHL, to pro hockey. Then when you make your mark in the NHL, it's as a different style of player. Meaning Sammy Blay turned into a fourth liner that was running people through the wall and blocking shots and doing all those things. That's, that's what he was doing. That's what got him to stay in the NHL comes back after a stint in New York, did did not go well for Sammy, and he ends up playing a lot on a team that had nothing to lose. Scores a bunch of goals, has a good world championship with Canada, then this year starts and he's not able to produce offensively the way he wanted to, also maybe not getting the same opportunity, and here you lie here with a one goal and five assists, six points in 25 games. You're still running around and killing everybody. You've got the most hits on the team. I think you're fourth or I think Sammy's fourth or fifth in the NHL right now. But that's kind of his role. I think that's his role right now. I think that they want to see what other guys they have in the organization can do the same thing as Sammy Blay. 
From the 618, Verona did not work out, but how are you liking Kapanen? I like Kasperi Kapanen. I do. I know that the numbers offensively maybe aren't where we would like them to be. He's got 10 points in 29 games. You know, I, I think that even Kasperi would like to have more than that. But he hustles, man. He works hard. I watch him every game. He skates hard. He gets in on the forecheck. He's a really good penalty killer, mm-hmm. which is an element that, you know, I don't know we I don't know if anybody thought he'd be a penalty killer coming here. So credit the Chief on that one for even experimenting with that that thought. But I like Kasperi Kapanen. I, I think he's got a spot on this team. If anything, he's got speed. He can shoot the puck too. I, I like him. Uh, is he long-term St. Louis Blue? Time will tell. But uh, for right now, at least for me, I, I feel like he's going to compete every time. I think he's. I, I think he's been opposite of what Verona was. Yeah, I would like again. I'd like one. to see a little more offense. Sure. From from Cappy, but I mean, you don't ever have to doubt if he's going to be working out there. Yeah. Good call. From the three one four, why are you still calling this a retool? It's a complete rebuild now. Be honest. <laughs> well, it's not a rebuild. A rebuild is when you're liquidating all of your long-term contracts and you're going to be crappy for the next five years because you've got nothing but young players on limited contracts. Look at back to Chicago Blackhawks the last couple of years. Who the hell did they have? Nobody. Nobody. They liquidated everything, or they tried to. Yeah, they had Patrick Kane for a little bit, but it was Patrick Kane and a bunch of kids. Yeah. And so this is... This is why with the, the amount of contracts that are still on the books here, think about it. He got eight years of Thomas, eight years of Cairo, I think five more years of Shen, five or six more of uh, of Pareko, four or five of Falk and Krug. And like you, you right. just you're not in a rebuild. You just can't. You're not like you're not getting rid of those contracts to anywhere. Mm-hmm. And and then what? I don't even know if you have enough guys in the minors to fill those slots if you did trade those guys. So it's not a rebuild, uh, and you know, call it whatever you want: retool, refocus, readjustment. I don't know. It's it's just not. You're not able to do a full rebuild. Yeah, it's not like there's any sort of definition of a of a rebuild. But if there is one, Jamie just Jamie just nailed it. You're not you're not getting rid of as many contracts as possible. Like the Cubs, they were when they rebuilt, they started to trade away all those those contracts. You know, you everybody's like, oh, they're tanking. That's part of that's part of it. You're getting the contracts off the books to free yourself up for more flexibility, so that you can you can rebuild, and rebuild can, the roster. And you can suck to get some good draft picks. What happens? Let's just take let's just take like a building for example. If you if you want to rebuild it, what first has to happen? You have to tear it down. Uh-huh. You have to tear it down and rebuild it. So the Blues aren't tearing it down. If they do, then we will call it a rebuild. From the 314, guys, do you think the booze will only get worse for Kairou if two months from now he's the same player? I think the booze are probably going to taper off here. And define same player. Let's just say scoring drought. Yeah. Turning the puck over. Well, yeah. Listen, I can tell you this. Offensive players will all always be susceptible to turnovers. Because they're always trying to create. And offensive-minded guys always feel like they can get the puck there. I can do this. I can I can thread it through his skate blade onto that guy's tape. No problem. Right. So th- that's the confidence that you want in your offensive guys. Because that's where the magic happens. 
you see some of the goals that happen, you're like, oh my God, you get you right out of your seat. Well, that doesn't happen unless they have the ability to be creative and go for it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So as far as his offense is concerned, I don't I don't worry about the goal scoring so much because Jordan Cairo still gets chances just because he's such a fast skater. I worry if there's if he's not generating offense as a line like whatever line he's on if they're not creating offense that's mm-hmm. when i worry and last night they created offense that line robert thomas had two goals Kairu had an assist he was plus three on the night mm-hmm. so when those things go away is when i worry last one here from thanks dad should be a good one Uh-oh. was the last time you got was the last time you guys saw high school drama like this Kairu thing was it back when Zach Eflin was in high school? <laughs> you get the show. <laughs> well you done. You get the show. I thought he was going with Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. And that's something I want to get into next. So what, the, what's the difference? You want to get into Tyler O'Neill next? What's the difference between Tyler O'Neill, what, that whole situation that happened to Ollie, and then Jordan Kyrou's comments last night? Fans chose the player in one instance and the team in the other. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We opened the show today talking about Jordan Cairo. He talked last night after the 4-2 win for the Blues following the comments uh, or the no comment slash he's not my coach anymore uh, <sighs> comments that Jordan Cairo made before the show about Craig Ruby or before the game about Craig Ruby and then he talked about how difficult it was to be booed by the fans he, he, he got emotional and we got a question uh, a comment by thanks dad that was funny uh, and I thought he was going in the direction of the Tyler O'Neill situation. If you remember the Tyler O'Neill situation early in the Cardinal season with Ollie Marmel, I felt like because the team was losing, a lot of people rushed the defense of Tyler O'Neill. Hey, you can't you can't air air it out like like that in uh, the press conference and all that. We know that Ollie talked to Tyler O'Neill down in spring training about perceived or otherwise lack of hustle and all that but nevertheless it was a young player that i feel like the cardinals fans sided with in order to like crush the the manager we got a question yesterday that's actually at one point about tyler o'neill and jordan Cairo and like why fans were so quick this time around to not give the player the benefit of the doubt maybe it's just because he sat there he said it you really can't, even even if you want to say, well, you know, maybe he meant it a different way. He had every opportunity to expound, and he chose not to. Yeah, And maybe it's just as simple as that. I also think, and I mentioned this at the start of the show, it's because people are still ticked off about the firing of Craig Ruby, which is understandable. Yeah. Which is even more more reason why Jordan Cairo probably should have taken, taken a beat and, and, and thought about what he was going to say. But do you think there's any any parallels with the Tyler O'Neill situation, Jamie? For me, Cairo? for me, it's a little different because you've got one where the athlete physically says something, 
to where it's on record. Mm-hmm. The other one's the athlete that you're like, was he or was he not trying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's Ollie's version of it, that he was you know, lackluster effort, which Ollie was 100% right. Sure. Um, and then you don't know the backstory with the Tyler O'Neill one. You don't know the backstory of how many times he's been asked to do something. Mm-hmm. You don't really know the backstory of Jordan Cairo either, how many times it, you know, Craig Berube or the staff overall was upset with either lack of consistent play or lack of defensive play or lack of effort or whatever it is, right? Like, yeah. But the problem is that Jordan Cairo is saying no comment. Mm-hmm. He's no longer my coach. Yeah. You also have video evidence, though, of Tyler O'Neill. I mean, I guess I guess you could your your eyes could deceive you. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was obvious. He wasn't hustling. Anthony, you know how I feel about it. Yeah, you know how I went off on Tyler O'Neill the next day. I couldn't believe the the lackluster effort. But again, it's like it is interesting though how we kind of look at it and say, "Oh, well, Tyler O'Neill, you shouldn't have outed him in front of all those people. He should have just kept that in house. Right? Maybe Mm -hmm. he told him 112 times in house first. Yeah. Yeah. I understand your question mm-hmm. regarding like the parallels to it. In this particular case, I don't think they match up identically. Right. But I understand the question. Spoken word versus I just I just find it interesting that one the fan who we choose to yeah. back and who we choose not to. Well, this is interesting. We have two text messages. Uh one from the three one four. We talk about honesty. This is very honest. Marmel didn't bring us the championship. The <laughs> next right. one from the six three six because nobody likes Ollie. <laughs> I don't think nobody likes Ollie. I think some people do. I like Ollie. I, I like Ollie too. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know Ollie all that well. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I could have a beer with him. Yeah. You know, I feel some like Ollie. Is... You look at you like there's no way that we could have beers together. Like Aaron Rodgers. So I'm starting to think I could have a beer. Come with him. on. Yeah. Watching him on Pat McAfee every week might be the smartest thing Aaron Rodgers ever did is go on that show every week. Boy, you've changed. Uh, so has Aaron Rodgers. In fact, I might dip into the ayahuasca with him <laughs> just to see what it's all about. I read The, the Athletic put together. <laughs> Plus, did you see him? He's running around after like th- seven days of a torn Achilles. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I want to feel that way, too. <laughs> here, here, here's another question. Some of that. Ayahuasca. Here's another question regarding this whole O'Neal, Kairou thing or whatever. Like a lot of people are are hard on Ali, and not so much on Craig Berube. And you know, obviously Craig Berube won a Stanley Cup here. Ali has not gotten to that point yet with the cards, but both seem to have issues with the roster construction. So why are we pointing blame at Ali as well if he's just given the roster, but mm-hmm. we're not so much with Craig Berube? With the roster construction give, like given to him, yeah. Or does it then come down to again? He won a Stanley Cup. Can you read the first text that you read to me? The the last time, yeah. Because Ollie Marmel didn't bring us a championship. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to have a, la- a larger discussion about it, but it really does come down to that. Chief Chief won a cup. Ollie had one good season, one bad season. But he hasn't won anything mm-hmm. big. He hasn't won a playoff series yet. And Does he won a playoff game? No. No, that's no, true. He hasn't won a playoff game. Yeah. All, all for, because of all Ryan Helsley's Deuce. finger. All because of Helsley, all because of some shoddy defense, all because Juan Yepes, who is, isn't even on the team anymore, is your only offense. <sighs> Stuff like that. 
Yeah, but it is. It does. It does. It comes down to whether or not you want or not. All right, let's move on. The gauntlet is next. Do we need a, a gauntlet challenger? We have one. You we have a new one. one. Okay. Gabe All right, sounds good. Will be our next gauntlet contestant. You heard the man, Gabe. Next on one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. Warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. 4 o'clock, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marshall, Anthony Stalter, and we welcome in Gabe. What's up, Gabe? Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Friday to you guys, man. So good to hear your voices. Hey, happy Friday to you. So good to hear you. First time in the gauntlet? Absolutely. I've tried for so long to get on this thing, and I always missed out, and I'm so glad to get on this thing today. (laughs) Well, congratulations. Marsh, what the hell's wrong with you? You didn't pick Gabe once? What are you talking about? I just picked him today. Hey, he's been waiting so long, though. Yeah, this is lucky day. Why did you wait? Well, we have a ton of listeners. What do you have against Gabe, though? That's what we're asking about this specific Come listener. Come on now. Don't be pointing, hey, no don't hard, be pointing no fingers. No hard feelings, guys. No hard feelings. All right, Gabe, you're a stand-up guy. Very pro. Very pro. All right, uh, would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or me in your first ever gauntlet opportunity? Well, this doesn't go as a negative thought, but I'm going to take a, a, a good challenge. I'm going to go up against Anthony. Oh, Gabe, thanks, Ooh, man. Wow. I appreciate that. Did you, wait, did you say good challenge? <laughs> I'm just yeah, not sure. I, did. I didn't hear my earphones crackle. Did you, did, did you come in here to hurt me today? No, my earphones crackle. Is that why you're here today? To hurt me? <laughs> no, I'm here because I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Case made. You know, if, I, if I had feelings, that would hurt. You don't. <laughs> You'll be fine. Good luck, uh, Gabe. All right, Anthony, get the heck out of here. Anthony's going to make his way to the corner of silence. I have to watch my back as he walks behind me. All right, Gabe, tell Marshy to spin the wheel. All right, Marshy, spin that wheel, buddy. Gabe, you got any uh, – what's your first choice? What do you want What do you want the wheel to land on? Uh, sports-wise, I mean, in some regard, I'm kind of savvy. I like football, but honestly, it, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'm going to go for my best on this. All right, well – to no uh, surprise. You know you picked Anthony, right? Yep. Do you follow the gauntlet? I do. Okay. What does Anthony usually get for a, a subject? Football. Or hockey. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, you knew it, too. As soon as you're like, oh, no. All right, Gabe. There's going to be four questions, hockey-related. Each of them are worth two points. If you've got to use the options and you guess correctly, it's worth one point. Of course, if you get it wrong, it's zero points. Gabe, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, here we go. Again, the category is hockey. Question number one. The team the Blues played against in their first game in team history is also the team they beat to send them to their first Stanley Cup final. Name that team. All right, Jamie, one more time. Read that question. Yeah. The team the Blues played against in their very first game in team history is also the team that they beat to send them to their first Stanley Cup final. What team was that? 
they beat a team to send them to their first Stanley Cup final. And it's the same so team they played their very first game against. Okay. Man, I'm I'm going to hate myself for asking for the options, but I don't want to ask for the options. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say the Boston Bruins. Final answer. All right. Question number two. Name this player who finished his 14-year NHL career with one season in St. Louis and is the only player in Blues history to wear number 81. Oh, man. Number 81. Oh, man. As soon as I ask you to read the options, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick myself. So go ahead, read the options, please. <laughs> is it Jordan Nolan? The now Sudbury Blueberry or uh, Sudbury Blueberry Bulldog. That's right. Uh, Josh Levo or James Neal. James Neal, final answer. Dad it. Real deal, James Neal. All right, question three, Gabe. Who is the all-time goals leader in the history of the Dallas Stars slash Minnesota North Stars franchise? I don't really have to think too long about this. There's only a couple of guys, but the only one that comes to mind is Mike Madano. So I'm going to go Mike Madano, final answer. And question number four. In their history, the Blues have won more games over this Central Division opponent than any other team. Oh, man. Um, well, definitely not the Red Wings. I know the Red Wings always kicked our butts but they're not even in the central anymore. I'm going to have to go get, give me the options. Options are the Chicago Blackhawks, the Dallas Stars, or the Colorado Avalanche. Man, my first thought was Chicago Blackhawks, and so that was the first option given, so I'm going to go Chicago Blackhawks final answer. All, All right. right. All right, Gabe, we're going to get Anthony back in here from the cone of silence while he's on his way in. How you feeling, buddy? You know, I'll, I'll throw the old mo line out there. Hmm, not great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Anthony's back here with us. He's uh, going to plug his ears in here. So let's no longer divulge any secrets as he can hear us. Sometimes it's fun when he can hear us, but not this time. Hi, Anthony. How <laughs> hey, are you? Jamie, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank How'd it go today? Uh, how was the cone of silence first? Good, good. Yeah. Mike was talkative. He was active. He was mm. active. Yep. All right. Yep. He's got a lot to do in there, but he paused to just have a good conversation with me. It's nice of him. Super nice of him. Great. Yes, it was very nice. How'd it go in here? You better pack a lunch. All right. Okay, mm-hmm. Anthony. What do we get? Hockey or uh, hockey? Hockey. Question number one. Do we really or not? Like seriously? The team the Blues played yep. against in their first game in team history is also the team that they beat to send them to their first Stanley Cup final. Which team was that? Options, please. Was it the Philadelphia Flyers? Okay. The Minnesota North Stars Mm -hmm. or the Los Angeles Kings? So you have two teams that still exist. Same team. This is No, no, no. With your options, you got two teams that still exist and one that doesn't, correct? You got the Flyers, correct. you got the Kings. Yeah. I mean, you still have the Stars, stars franchise, but, yeah. but correct. Right. So yeah. I'm going to go with the Minnesota North Stars. Okay. I'm going to go with the outlier in that question. Final answer. Final please. answer. Okay. 
Question number two, name this player who finished his 14-year NHL career with one season in St. Louis and is the only player in Blues history to wear number 81. Oh. So he played one year and he wore 81. Options, please. Is it Jordan Nolan, Josh Levo, or James Neal? James Neal's the only guy I remember on that list, so I'll go with James Neal, please. <laughs> Final Josh, answer. Josh Levo was on the team last season. <laughs> I'm sure he played great. Not really. <laughs> he did for a few games with Big Ryan game James Neal. That's all I remember. Oh, goodness Final me. answer, James Neal. All right. Question number three, Anthony. Who is the all-time goals leader in the history of the Stars franchise? That includes Dallas slash Minnesota. Uh, let's see how many players I can name from the Stars. Got Jamie Benn. You got Jamie Benn. Oh, Mike Madonna. Uh, Jamie Benn. Who's the other guy that's pretty good for them? Tyler Sagan. Why don't we get the options? <laughs> okay. Brian Bellows. Never heard of him. Jamie Benn. Yeah. Or Mike Madonna. Oh. Uh, so do I go with one of the names I said or the guy I didn't know? I'll go with the guy that played a long time there. Boy, Jamie Benn, I feel like he's been there half a century too. I'll go with Mike Madonna. Final answer. <laughs> Question number four. In their history, the Blues have won more games over this Central Division opponent than any other team. Hmm. This Central Division opponent. And I'm not going to ask for the options. Oh. Because I don't think I need to narrow it down here. I just need to pick a team from the Central. Couldn't be the Predators. Well, you've asked me you've asked me a Stars question. North the Minnesota North Stars were an option early on. The Stars are in the Central and I feel like they play them a lot. Although they've played Arizona 487 times <laughs> the last couple of years. Uh, stars. Dallas Stars. Final answer. <laughs> wow. That's a lot going on. <laughs> wow. All right. Let's... I'm, I'm either a 100% idiot or a genius. Sometimes they're one and the same. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go over this. Let's start with uh, question number one. The team the Blues played against in their very first game in team history is also the team they beat to send them to their very first Stanley Cup final. Which team was this? Gabe, you said the Boston Bruins. Ooh. Anthony, you said the Minnesota North Stars. Because? Because they were the only team that's not around. That's anymore. right. Answer is. <laughs> it's the Minnesota North Stars. Oh, it is the Minnesota yeah. North Stars. Yes. Anthony needed the Thanks, Gabe. Or, yeah, Anthony needed the options on that one. So it's one nothing, Anthony. Let's go to question number three. Who is the all-time goals leader in the history of the Dallas Stars slash Minnesota North Stars franchise? Gabe. You said Mike Medano. Mm. Anthony, 
You also said Mike Madonna. Answer is. It is Mike Madonna. Yeah. But oh. Gabe did not nice need job, the Gabe. options. Way to go. Thanks, man. We're Thanks, all tied man. up. Excellent. We're tied up at 2-2 here, headed into question three. We've got a shootout here. Question three, mm. which is actually question two. Name this player who finished his 14-year NHL career with one season in St. Louis and is the only player in Blues history to wear number 81. Gabe, you said real deal, James Neal. Ooh. Anthony, you said big game, James Neal. <laughs> which you one? Know. You know. Which is the nickname? Yeah, real deal. Yeah. It's okay. For now. Answer is. It is James Neal. <laughs> but. You both needed the options. Oh, wow. 3 3. Heading into the last question here. To which you both have different answers. In their history, the Blues have won more games over this Central Division opponent than any other team. With the options, Gabe. You said the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, sweet, merciful crap. (laughs) Anthony, disregarding the (laughs) options, you said... Ah, you know, we had a Stars question here and, a, and, a, and another Mike Medano and Jamie Benn over here. and uh, you know, go Minnesota st- North Stars. Yeah, Dallas Stars. I go it's Stars. A it's a theme, yeah. Jamie. I go Stars. Mm. Answer is. They play them tomorrow night. It's the Dallas oh! Stars. Game. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Poorly. You lose. It was a theme. You know, <laughs> what really, what tripped me up was that first question, and then as soon as you read off the options for question one, I was like, oh, my gosh, I was overthinking that, and I was thinking Bruins, and it was not even close. Uh, it's all right, buddy. You did good, man. You, you got did. three points today. Unfortunately, Anthony tapped into some, I don't know, ayahuasca while he was in the <laughs> Conus Islands there. He got all the questions it's right. a fresh start. He ends up no winning kidding. five to three today. Gabe, great job, man. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Yeah, Gabe, I'm glad you got through, man. Appreciate your show. Love your guys' show. You guys are awesome. Thanks, Thanks, Gabe. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Have a great one, buddy. Anthony, look at you guys. I should do that. on eating son of a gun. I should do that every time. The message message got through. Yeah. Yeah. What message? Well, you're doing better now. The message. The message. Oh, that message. Yeah. Were you guys. Big message. Yeah. Where you sat down and said, if I don't start performing well. I'll either be fired or pummeled, or both. That message? It's usually, and depending on the mm-hmm. time of day, that order could be very different. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Might have something to do with a woodshed. Yeah, going, oh yeah, always. Behind it. Fast line. Whoa. Behind it, on top of it. In it. In it. Around, around it. Under it. Yeah. Whoa. Woodshed is always. It's available. <laughs> it's available. It's popping. Yep. Good seats still right. available. <laughs> <laughs> Feel good about that theme. That was although when you said Blackhawks, I puked. Because mm. <laughs> yeah, boy, they had to play them the second most. It's got to be right there. Yeah, yeah. Kind of For forgot sure. about the, you know, biggest rival and all that. <laughs> um, okay. But this, but if the question, if you see the question, it's Central Division, right? Right, because it used to be the Norris Division mm. way back when, and the Central Division was a lot more modern, so a lot less wins mm-hmm. against the Central Division version. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, those guys like that. Yeah. Jamie. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 
Jamie, yeah. you don't have to tell me. And Arizona yeah. just became a Central Division yeah. team. Right. And they're right. trying to catch up desperately. <laughs> they, they're on, they're doing a good job. Hey, let's be honest. They're on pace they yeah. to catch to catch the uh, Dallas Stars. <laughs> okay. Uh, more Blues coming up next. We'll, don't forget, we do have Drew Bannister, the interim head coach for the Blues, coming up at 5.15. So an hour from now, we will sit down and chat with Drew Bannister and we appreciate him joining us, boy. He's got he's got plenty on his plate, but we'll we'll dive into the Blues again. They they do have the stars tomorrow, and um, what what can they do for an encore here after winning the first game under Drew Bannister? We'll get into that next on One Hundred and One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. Robert Thomas, as you heard from Chris Kerber last night, with a pair of goals, he also added an assist, 24-year-old center. Well, he's up to 12 goals now through 30 games, uh, 30 points, excuse me, through 29 games thus far. With Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalzer, it's a fast lane on 101 at ESPN. Robert Thomas was the the, the first one to um, showcase, at least, I won't even say benefit because we, we still don't know, but showcase some ability with the the move from Craig Berube to Drew Bannister. Not that the two are, you know, ex- exclusive, but when it comes to Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, who we've beaten up enough here, when it comes to those two guys, they got to produce. And Robert Thomas last night showed, showed you why, Jamie, fans sometimes get really ticked off. Because if you don't have, if you're not expected to do anything, fans are going to be ticked off. Yeah. That's just, that, that's the bottom line. It is. Fans know he's talented. He can do stuff like that. But I wouldn't be angry at Robert Thomas at all this year. No, but I'm just saying, Robert just Thomas, Jordan Cairo. Yeah, so let's separate those two just for a second. Fair enough. Because they always seem to get coupled together, and I don't necessarily think it's fair to either player. From their bridge contract to where they signed matching two-year deals to then matching eight-year deals, everybody just puts them together like they're twins or something. They're not. They're completely different players. And I don't think it's fair to either player to always be coupled together. So I want to start with Robert Thomas. And if nothing else this year, Blues fans should be really excited with what they see from Robert Thomas. His all-around game has continued to evolve. And he's got 30 points in 29 games right now with 12 goals. So think about that. Halfway point of the season, so let's say another 13 games, 12, 13 games, he could have another eight goals, six goals. Also, this is a this is a potentially 25 to 30 goal scorer this year. But he's a playmaker, right? So this should be exciting. Mm-hmm. So 12 goals, 18 assists, and, and when Robert Thomas is out there, he drives the offense. He really does. And, and what I like about... What's happened this year is he's shooting more and he's getting to the front of the net. Last night he had a nice deflection, knocked the puck out of the air and buried a rebound right in front of the net. 
Then you flip it around a little bit. He's out there taking big face-offs at the end of games. He's killing penalties. Um, the power play has not been good so far, and you know he's part of that, so he, he shares some responsibility in that power play. But the new construction of the power play with him on his one-timer side, it is opening up more options for him. You will see offense soon. Last night he took a shot, was laying there, Bucci hit the post. Could have easily been a power play goal on their first power play of the game. Later on in the game, Braden Shen makes a pass over to Robert Thomas. Robert Thomas goes back door, just misses. Bucci's paddle on the back end would have been another goal. So that will come. So when you're talking about Robert Thomas right now, you should be very, very happy with what you have there. He is turning into a true number one centerman in the NHL, and that's great. So now if we, if we expand that to the line, now let's, let's, we'll get to Jordan Cairo because I know he's a hot topic right now. Pavel Buchnevich is having himself another Bucci year. Mm-hmm. He's got 23 points in 27 games, almost at that point of game total, which is fantastic. He's got 10 goals, 13 assists. He's also a player that plays in every situation. Mm-hmm. He's on your power play. He's on your penalty kill. Last night, the goalie's pulled. Who's out there? Bucci. So I, I like those two. They're playing very well. And then Jordan Cairo, who's kind of been the odd man out because Booch and Thomas have been together all year except for like, Three games, I think two where Bucci was injured and then one where he played center. So those two have been, you know, twinning for most of the season where Cairo has moved up and down and around the lineup for just cause because the consistency overall hasn't been there, whether it's been offensively or whether it's been defensively or just effort overall. Jordan Cairo has had a little bit more of a roller coaster ride throughout this season for the Blues. But one thing that Jordan Cairo has that is so difficult to find is that speed and that skill that is high end. And I know he he only has five goals so far this year. He could easily have 10 or 11 right now. He's hit some posts and missed some breakaways, but it doesn't matter. He still has to finish the, he has to finish to make the goals count. Yeah. But he operates at such a torrid pace sometimes that there's only a handful of guys in the NHL that can do it. Now the two best guys in the NHL to do it are Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon. They fly around at full speed and they make all their moves at full speed. Jordan Cairo is, you know, a notch below those guys, but if you watch him, he's skating around at full speed and he can make those moves at full speed. That goal he scored against the Vegas Golden Knights, he went zipping in there at full speed, cutting through three or four guys. Like that's not normal to be able to, it's not easy to do that. So the upside for Jordan Cairo is still there. A lot of work to do for his all-around game and his defensive responsibilities. But I think we also overlooked the fact that he's had a couple of real big games defensively, too. Like, even last night, he had a back check in the first period. It comes all the way back to between the hash marks and breaks up a play. Mm-hmm. But we don't notice that, right? Because it's not sexy. It's just not. So we don't we don't earmark that and say, man, he had a good defensive play. Sure. We only earmark the turnover inside the blue line or, uh, you know, in the neutral zone because, well, you know, it's a turnover. Because that's what you want to earmark. Yeah. So being fair to Jordan Cairo, there's a lot of growth still to happen in his game to for him to reach the Robert Thomas level. But I think under the new head coach and what appears to have been maybe a little bit of a different, uh, difficult situation for Jordan Cairo under Craig Berube, not saying that either one of them is right or wrong, it just was a coach demanding a style of play from a player and maybe the communication wasn't that that the player wanted. Whether the player is being soft in that moment or not, doesn't matter. Whether the coach is being overbearing or not, doesn't matter. It wasn't working. It wasn't working. 
So now maybe Drew Bannister with the soft-spoken approach, which he seems very soft-spoken, dialed in, very matter-of-fact, maybe that brings out more from Jordan Cairo. And Drew Bannister will join us next hour. So 5.15, Drew Bannister, interim head coach of the Blues, will join us. We'll talk to him about what what has to have been an absolute, uh, just a, busy week to say the to say the absolute least jamie rivers andrew marsh anthony stalters fast line on 101 espn blue stars pregame starting tomorrow night at six o'clock we also have the Bengals and vikings pregame starting at 11 30 there's there's a triple header tomorrow in the nfl speaking of the nfl cam newton said said some comments about quarterbacks that a lot of people took offense to really for no reason i thought what he said was kind of basic we'll get into that next on 101 espn Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We have your chance right now to score a pair of tickets to see Def Leppard and Journey with Cheap Trick on July 6th at Bush Stadium. Tickets for Def Leppard, Journey, Cheap Trick at Bush go on sale today. They're on sale right now. Or you can text in right now to 314-399-9646 for your chance to win free tickets to the show. All you have to do is answer the trivia question that we're about to throw out to you and be the 101st texter to the Air Comfort Service text line. Again, at 314-399-9646. Which team was in my 10 spot for the Stalter Stackup? That's it. If you know, you're listening earlier, which team was in the Stalter Stackup at the number 10 spot, the cursed 10 spot? Text in, and you have an opportunity to win the Def Leppard tickets. Uh, with Journey. You can also find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to Def Leppard and Journey at 101ESPN.com or in your 101 ESPN mobile app. Cam Newton caused a small uproar for national media hosts when he said a couple of days ago that guys like uh, Dak Prescott and Tua Tagovailoa and Brock Purdy are game managers, not game breakers. Breakers? Was it breakers? What was it? Game Setters? Game changers. Game changers. That's what it was. Thank you, Marsh. Game changers. But everyone remembers game breakers. Game breakers. Though, the from, show from Street from NFL Street. You, game breaker. Oh you know. yeah, I thought it was a show too at one point too. Like MLB the show? No, not like that. Like big show? No, not that. No. Anyways, bigs. game changers. You're thinking of the bigs? No, I'm not thinking of the bigs. Mm. It's fine. We'll move on. Game changers. He said. Lamar, Patrick Mahomes. I think Josh Allen, he mentioned. And then everybody took him to task. Everybody crushed him. ESPN, Fox, all. Well, Cam Newton came out with not even an explanation. He just kind of was reacting to the reaction. This is what he said today on his podcast. The first point that I want to make here is this. Identifying the difference between a game manager and a game changer. Game manager is not a negative connotation. Cam, what do you mean by game manager? My definition of that managing player is a player who has the ability to make the right play at the right time, protecting the football at all costs. There's times in my career where I figured this out. Sometimes, Cam, you don't have to take over a game. Allow other players to do that. If we're getting personal here, there was times in my career where I did it, and there's times in my career where I didn't do it. When I think about ultimate elite game managers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Game changer and game manager is not something where I'm saying this person is not physically capable of making some great plays. I'm not saying that. 
or I am not saying that they're not good players. There's really only three to potentially five game changers in the NFL right now. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Chris Canty, I was listening to what he was ha having to say, and he used this as an analogy. A game changer is a truck. A game manager is a trailer. A truck pulls a team together and pulls and is the reason why this team is having success. A game manager is merely a trailer that's attached to something to make it go. So he's saying, Woof. that gave me vibes of like the Joker in Batman when he <laughs> takes over like the TV station and he's like putting on his own TV show for Gotham to see it. Oh, you're like Jack, Jack like, Nicholson. Yeah. Nicholson. Like that gave me that vibes listening yeah. to Cam Newton describe all this and going through and the way he's changing his voice. It's yeah. like. What's going on here? Well, and do you see the way he was dressed in that thing, by the way? He did have he's a Joker card in his little top hat. Yeah, he's very um, good reference. No, his a, his clothes very eccentric. Yeah, I get it. I, you know, the Marsh. You and I were kind of talking about this before before the the show. When when he starts breaking down the game, the the trailer and the truck and all that stuff. He had mentioned early on how he he it's it's not a negative connotation to say that the guy's a game manager mm -hmm. but the whole analogy of the truck and the trailer like you're along for the ride <laughs> kind of is go that against is what a he negative was connotation to say that brock purdy's along for the ride is 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 insulting to brock purdy's play this year well, to I say that Dak like, prescott where, is along for the ride classify himself oh he classifies himself as a game changer he did sure you hear was. him you see all the interceptions did you but did you hear him say early when he said Cam, you don't have to make every play. You don't. You don't have to. You can. You can allow others to make plays. Maybe if he was more of a game manager, which is what a quarterback should be, by the way, manage the game. Maybe Cam would have had even more success. He had an. He has an MVP. Went to a Super Bowl. He. It's not like he was crumbled. a boss man. He did crumble against a really good defense, crumbled. but he did crumble. Jamie. Crumbled. Jamie Marsh. Name name Crumble. the top four or five quarterbacks right now, in your opinion, in the league. Top four or five. All right, Kirk Cousins. Yes. Um, yeah, besides Kirk. Yeah. Jared Goff. Yeah. The what? NFC North. Marsh. <laughs> name, the, name the top five quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Right. Lamar Jackson. Okay. Uh, Josh Allen. Uh -huh. Joe Burrow. Okay. Patrick Mahomes. Okay, yeah. I think there was a five that he mentioned, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is a nothing burger. What? Like, he made such a big deal out of it. Quite frankly, I think it's great that everybody was talking about it, including us, because all he did was he listed the top five quarterbacks and then slapped Game Changer on it. Well, maybe that's why they are the top five quarterbacks. Yeah, but, okay, so Game Changer. Can Brock Purdy change a game with his play? I mean, maybe. I think he can. But can he do it without weapons? Well, you know what? Right now, he hasn't had to. Can Patrick Mahomes with a one-legged Travis Kelsey lose games? Can, tra can can Patrick Mahomes put it right in Marquez Valdez-Scanling's hands and have him drop it? Well, I mean, that's there's not a, on him. There's only, Right, right. So there's only so much that Mahomes can do in and around the system. Football's the ultimate team game. Now, he's talking about the best quarterbacks in the league, of course. And then he mentioned you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, like Drew Brees. Oh, you mean the record setters? The Hall of Famers? Well, th those guys were game managers in his eyes. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, they were. Like, what's the, what is the, you're supposed to manage the game as a quarterback. When he's talking about, you know, I'm sorry, game, game changers or game managers, and he's saying, don't turn the ball over. Hello? That's your number one job as a quarterback is not to turn the ball over. Try telling Easton Stick that, Anthony. Easton Stick had himself a little bit of a rough game last night. Well, he had one interception. The only one. He did. What? Unfortunately, he went for a pick six, and I think he had what three fumbles or I, two fumbles. It wasn't his fault. The ball was slippery. Yeah, yeah, very true. I think what we do in Marsh, if I can put, if I if I can lovingly point this out, I mm. think you fall into this category too. Oh come on! I think if a quarterback has a lot of weapons. We diminish what he does. I'm not trying to diminish what Brock Purdy's done. I'm just saying, though, when he didn't have when, his guys, they lost. When we talk about Brock Purdy, what's the first thing you often say? Uh, I have no idea. He's got a lot of weapons. Oh, yeah. He's got Debo. He's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got, I think we talk about these. Joe Burrow, we we, we say, oh, elite, elite guy, Joe Burrow. And he is. He's got Jamar Chase. He's got T. Higgins. He's got... Joe Mixon. Also has a terrible offensive line and went to Super Bowl with that offensive line. Tua has a terrible offensive line, too. Terrible. But we say he's got Tyreek Hill. He's got Jalen Waddell. You had mentioned Matthew Stafford to me in the office. You mm-hmm. think he's a game changer. He's got Cooper Cup. He's got Puka Nakua. He's got, you know, like. But I, I thought he he was good, though, in Detroit without. With Calvin? Without Megatron. He was. He wasn't putting up 5,000 yards without him, though. No, for sure. But, you know, he steps into that lineup, and they're a completely different team. There's only, I guess my point is, there's only one Patrick Mahomes. He is the ultimate exception. He is a freak. If we want to talk about, and this may we're just getting into semantics here. If we want to talk about elite talent, God-given talent, that's one thing. There's only a few of those guys. Patrick Mahomes is an absolute freak. Josh Allen's a freak. Joe Burrow might be a freak. Then there's kind of the rest. And the rest, you better have some 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 good weapons around him. He better manage the game, quote unquote, and he better be in a good system. Do you find it That's interesting? Most of the league. Find it interesting that he had two separate categories and not one of those categories included Jalen Hurts. That is interesting. Because I've seen on Twitter, or X, as some people call it, mm-hmm. a lot of people compare the two based on their style of play. I wonder if maybe there's... I would be interested to, stay to away see. from that because some people are saying, ah, Jalen Hurts is better than Cam Newton. Then you have your Cam Newton supporters who are saying right. that Cam Newton is a better version of Jalen Hurts. I found that interesting. I would be really interested to see where he puts Jalen Hurts. Because Jalen Hurts, technically, by, his, by Cam Newton's definition, is a game manager. Is he, though? Because he doesn't protect the football. I saw on the internet they were doing drills for him falling on footballs. Well, Jalen Hurts? Yeah. Yeah. But, it, again, he said... He, that was weird. He that sits, was weird. He, he, one, of the, one of the biggest knots on Jalen Hurts going back to Alabama is he's not somebody that's going to read a defense. He's got to fit in a specific system, and he does, and he's elevated that system. But he's also a guy that's got A.J. Brown and all this. I mean, I just think it's kind of a funny conversation. Cam Newton lists all the top guys, and then we're all, we're all taken aback by it, like... Of course, they're. You just mentioned the top five quarterbacks in the league. If you go back five years ago, do the same thing. I guess you qualify them as game changers. So maybe it's just mostly semantics. I think it's all opinionated too. Some people are like Dak Prescott. What are you talking about, Cowboy yeah. fan? Brock Purdy. What are you talking about, 
49er fan. Sure. Like, it's all, you know, obviously you're a 49er fan, so oh boy. you're defending your guy. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. <laughs> What's trending is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it is time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, we talked earlier today about Tyler Glass now being traded to the Dodgers. He, of course, signed an, ex- an extension. Uh, this was interesting, and Jamie, you saw this as well. The Dodgers starting rotation now has, now has a combined 37 Tommy John surgeries. Oh. It is an MLB record. Mm. So, obviously... They signed Shohei Otani. They're building a, a really good ball club. Do you think this pitching staff could hinder them as the season progresses if injuries were to occur? I don't think anything's going to hinder the Dodgers because if they if they keep going here, and they, they probably will, they're going to get Yamamoto. So they're going to have a top, a top of the rotation that looks like Yamamoto and Glass now. They'll make some big trade if they have to because their farm system's still pretty stocked. So, no, I think that this is a a freight train, and we've only seen the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the Dodgers adding talent. Yeah, um, it is a freight train on paper. Now, if Shohei Otani, for some reason, is unable to pitch the way he's pitched in the past, or even pitch, period, moving forward. Unable is like he's already had two Tommy Johns? And then the third one isn't you know, doesn't have great success, uh-huh. then this could be interesting because the Dodgers have gone all in on Shohei Otani, paying him $70 million a year for 10 years. They know he's not going to pitch in year one. So they're like, okay, we're going to pay a guy $70 million to be a DH. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. I mean, most really good DHs make around 20. Technically, it's, it's, a, it's a bargain. It's like two mil. Correct, Anthony. Correct. Still a lot of money uh, with deferred payments on that one. But if Shohei Otani in year two can't pitch or doesn't pitch up to par, and then from there on out he's just a 4-5 in your rotation, like this could come back to really hurt the Dodgers. But as it sits right now, it looks like all the other guys are healthy and Otani appears to be going to be fine, I guess. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Jamie, I'm with you. I hope it comes back to haunt him. Go ahead, Marsh. All right, Brandon Staley has been fired. He what? is now out <laughs> of Los Angeles. Well, his team let up 63 points. That's it. I'm tired of good Thursday head coaches football. being let go Call me this when it week. Gets to 100. <laughs> oh, come on. 63. In all fairness, that two might, of those were defensive touchdowns. That might be more points, and obviously I'm exaggerating, but it seems like the Raiders put up more points than I've seen all Thursday night football long. Like, <laughs> Thursday night football games have been terrible. Yes. What about last night did you not enjoy? If you were a Raiders fan mm. and a Chargers fan that was dying to see Brandon Staley get fired. 
I mean, as a Charger fan, you had to be watching I that. I think like, it was a win-win win for everybody. He's done. Yeah. Right, there's, no, there's no way out now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, are the Chargers the most disappointing team in the NFL this year? Yes. Um, yes. I don't think there's I don't think there's a team that comes close to being as disappointing, unless you include like the Aaron Rodgers being hurt Jets. Bengals. Bengals I warned I place. warned you about well, the Bengals. The Bengals are, are still there Burrow. though. They're still yeah. in the mix. Are they? At seven and six? They're in the mix? They are there's like five teams tied at seven and six. Five I know a lot of people. Five. I don't know if we were. I, I I know I wasn't. I don't think you guys were either, but some people were disappointed about the Bears. I had them better than they are this year. I had the Saints a lot better. Yeah, they've been disappointing. But Chargers at five and nine—that's bad. And most of that without Justin, or most of that with Justin Herbert. Mm, yeah. I, you got to go with the Chargers. The runner-up, I would say, the Saints, and they still may win that loaded division of theirs. Well, especially now that the puck, the Bucks are tenth. Yeah, they stacked. stack. They yeah. earned it. Yeah, they sure did. Mm-mm. Jerk. It's a good win last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> uh, sticking with football, C.J. Stroud is still in protocol. He's doubtful to play for the Texans this Sunday against the Titans. That's I, disappointing. Yeah. I Does that – I mean, obviously it hurts their playoff chances, but, yeah. you know, how, how much, though? If he's out a week, could they go into Nashville and beat the, beat the Titans? Sure, they I mean, could. Davis they, Mills. They, Davis, Davis Mills. Millsy. Look. He's a good. He's an okay backup. You want the backup to play one, maybe two games at most, and you get him the hell out of there. Okay, so could he go in there and play well, and they win against the Titans? I, I wouldn't put it past him. I don't think that's that that would be shocking. But if he's out for an extended period of time, no, they're sunk. They're absolutely done. And what a shame too, because CJ mm-hmm. Stroud's going to win the Rookie of the Year. D'Amico Ryan's may win Coach of the Year, depending on where they they fall here. This this was. One of the good surprises. We just got done talking about the most disappointing team. Mm-hmm. Texans are clearly the, the the best surprise. I don't think there's been a better surprise than them, right? Outside of Jamie's box. Um, <laughs> no, it's that. It's the Texans. So CJ Stroud. <laughs> CJ Stroud. What? I I crapped on the box. Keep talking. Just got I had them. I had them dead last in that division, and you kept telling me you're you're too low on the box. And then finally, I put him in the tenth spot. You know what you sound like? You sound like Marsh. Marsh oh. was screaming at me last week when I had the Vikings in the top ten. Well, for good reason. You guys need to back off and just let me uh, do my thing. This is what happened. Really? Okay. Anthony fell off the Lions bandwagon and has been rolling downhill. Chris Farley style. He didn't fall off. He jumped off head first. Jumped off. No, I got thrown off by you. Head first. Rolling down the hill like Chris Farley and Black Sheep. (laughs) (laughs) And he just rolled right right onto the Bucks bandwagon. (laughs) Oh, no. No, I don't want him on my other team either. Go away, you Falcons fan. Don't you bring that juju over here. Uh, by the way, since you brought up Black Sheep, like Black Sheep, not as funny as Tommy Boy. Still great. But man, it's got some great one-liners. When he goes down that hill, and then he looks back up, and he goes, what in the hell was that all about? <laughs> it's awesome. I love when the dogs are chasing him at the beginning of the movie. I don't remember that. He's driving the 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 van that looks like a, I think oh, it looks like a dog, or yeah. maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, thinking Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. The mud but, cuts? Yeah, yeah, he's driving the, <laughs> the truck or whatever, and he's got the speaker phone. He's like, vote for dogs. dogs. I want you to go home. 
And then they're like, chase him. He's like, get off my bumper. <laughs> I, don't re- I just remember when he goes, vote for Donnelly. That thing. <laughs> Is that when he gets pulled over? To that same movie where he gets pulled over? Yeah, he's, he's like, oh, I could get it up yeah. to, I don't know, 100, 102. Seven. Yeah. Seven miles an hour. <laughs> Never do, of course, unless I'm chasing a cute chick in a Ferrari. <laughs> okay. Anyways, we done? Yeah. Okay. Uh, our sports six pack is next. You get a question three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six, and in fifteen minutes we're going to talk to Drew Bannisters. But the uh, sports six pack is next in the fast lane. We're right back to the fast lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is now. Time for the Sports Six back here in the Fast Lane, where it's 503, your time check, brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions. Question number one. From the 636, the talk about game changer versus game manager, what was Kurt Warner? He had Holt, Bruce, and Falk. Does accurately airing it out make him a changer or not turning it over make him a manager? Right? It's a perfect... That's a perfect example do rams do rams fans st louis rams he fans wasn't a game changer guys and you could have put anybody under center and won with that team let's just be honest you did you literally did you put kurt warner behind center he was that guy had, he was a grocery store manager you know, at some point he had a ton of experience in the arena football <laughs> league okay in the arena football league let's be honest things happen quicker because it's a smaller field Players get open. You gotta, you gotta hit him right away. So he had an unfair advantage on the NFL to start with. Good call. Yeah, let's put him in the game manager. He's, you know what he is, Jamie. How, how many times he's a he trailer? Sc- he's not a truck. How many times did he scramble? How many times did he, you know, make plays with his feet? Right. Never. He's game manager. Yeah, I'm with Jamie on this one. Question number two. How insulting to Kurt Warner. <laughs> he had Bruce. He had uh, Marshall Falk. He had. Uh, and Orlando Pace. I could have thrown with Orlando Pace blocking Guy for me. stunk. <laughs> uh, no. No. Yeah, put him in the game. Man, He's a manager. He managed the game. All he had to do was not turn the ball over. You're right. Thank you. Well said. From the 314. <laughs> more, more I think about this, it's just dumb. Me? Just dumb. No, me? those comments. Oh, I was going to mm. say, I don't blame you. Uh, question number two from no, 314. Highly intelligent. If you could buy one professional sports team, which one would it be and why? Uh, the Dodgers. Yeah, probably the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking they're going to print money here. Yep. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I've got a tour going on with Otani. <laughs> We're going to parade that sucker around. He's going to be like Godzilla. Yep. There we go. Everybody, or King Kong. There Come you go. see King the world's yeah. biggest animal. Attraction. Come see the biggest attraction in baseball. Mm-hmm. Yep. Watch him smash balls. Mm. Yeah, he hits a ball hard. In. Yeah, he certainly does. But I think the Dodgers probably most profitable. Yeah. So yeah, the TV contract's pretty Sign big. Me up. Mm-hmm. Although owning the Cowboys, they make a lot of money too. Mm-hmm. Oh my! I, mm. I don't like them, but buying them would be a good investment. 
I'd buy I was, the Cardinals and I'd spend more money on free agents. There it is. Nice job. <laughs> yeah, nice job. Rent the stadium from the DeWitts. I'd buy the Blues and bring back Chief. Oh. oh. <laughs> Question number three. <laughs> You're unbelievable. You're unbelievable right now. Good Lord. Uh, By the way, Drew Bannister at 515. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get it. He'll understand. Uh, Sticks are unbelievable. <laughs> uh, from the 314, why does traffic on Highway 40 always slow to a crawl at the Science Center and clear past McCausland and then slow at 170 and then clear until 270 and then slow to a crawl again? I can't help you on this one. I, one I, I, get, I use 270. One that puzzles me is when I go to the games, I leave here and I got a bus to move to get downtown. Everything's moving along just fine. Mm. Just fine. And we get to the Brentwood Hanley. No. Oh. <laughs> that's and where that's where I almost got hit. It's a parking mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. And then once you get past it to like Big Bend, I think is the next one. Everything opens wide up again. I'm like, right. what? I don't know. What are we doing here? It's one of those things. Wonders of the world. Yeah. I traffic always puzzles me. I get so mad at people because they don't know how to drive in traffic. <sighs> Oncoming traffic. They don't they don't understand the zipper technique, Anthony. Do you know what the zipper technique is? Yeah, you probably you, do. You take um, down your zipper and... Mm, I mean, that's one way to do it. Is it the beer pong alignment? Yeah. The zipper? Well, I don't mm. know. Here's what the zipper technique is. It's where the oncoming traffic and the slow lane mm. work together in unison. Yes. Mm. So that the oncoming traffic goes, slow lane goes. Then you just, one after right. another, come. you don't have to have... And both people are at fault. The mm-hmm. guy coming on sometimes zoom up and they want to get as far as they can and they jam in and they stop the traffic. Yeah. No, it's just come up nice and slow, put your blinker on. The slow lane guy lets you go and then away you go, you don't stop. And the next two do the same thing and yeah. so on and so on. Yeah, what you said makes sense. What people normally do is when they're coming onto the 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 uh, highway, they yeah. they come in like a bat out of hell. Yeah. And the guy that was going, you know, 20 mm. the entire time decides mm. to speed up Justin. You're not yep. getting into my lane. Yeah, like he's taking like he, you're not going to arrive home before I do. Right. What? You're in the slow lane. Yes, thank Help you. Out. <laughs> yeah, they're like right here like they're racing. Like all of a sudden they're they're, they're in Bristol. On the bank at Bristol. We're just match up here. I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh, then you had snow on the ground, little black ice. Oh, forget it. Jeez. A oh, L- little bit of mist. Yeah. To hell with that. Mm-mm-mm. Question number four. Uh, from the 217, assuming the Capitals moved to Virginia, Jamie, do you think they should change their name? If so, what would you call them? Uh, the Virginia Capitals. No? Well, they, I mean... I think they have to change the name, right? Why? They're not in D.C. anymore. They're not the capital. Yeah, I don't think you change your name. I think you just leave it the way it is. It'd be Washington Capitals, wouldn't it? I mean, not? let's. Just... I mean, the Giants and the Jets play in New Jersey. Yeah, that's what I was just about to do. Yeah, but their name isn't. Uh, well, New York is. Well, I guess. Yeah, it, yeah, it's true. right there, New York. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the team name is it like the Capitals? It represents the capital. They play Does the capital. It? Yeah. Like is is Arlington, Texas? Is that considered Dallas? It's a suburb. Yeah, a suburb. suburb. It's another. Yeah, I mean, it would be like like playing Chesterfield, in Chesterfield as opposed to like St. Louis. Is like Ar- Auburn Hills. Yeah, they still call them the Detroit Pistons. Auburn Hills was not in Detroit. No, but I get it. It's close enough. Yeah, Marshy, I got one. Cue it up. Question number five. 
From the 618 asks, Jamie, did you ever get to know any of the St. Louis Rams players while you were playing here? Uh, yeah, lots of them. Actually, we, when the Rams first came in, we did a lot of cross-promoting with the Rams and the Cardinals, and it was kind of trying to build this big wave of like professional sports here in St. Louis. So I got to know a bunch of the guys, and DeMarco Farr was one of the guys I got to know. Uh, right away, he, he was a riot. Obviously, you know, DeMarco's a mm-hmm. funny dude. So we had some fun times there. And then I end up uh, living next to a few of these guys. Orlando Pace was in my subdivision for a little bit with Mike Matheny. That was the same neighborhood. Then I moved to a different area and ended up uh, across the street from Anthony Hargrove. Remember mm-hmm. we talked to Anthony during yeah. the pandemic? Yeah. And uh, right down the street was Steven Jackson. So like five houses down with Stephen Jackson, Anthony Hargrove, and then nice little old me sitting there <laughs> with hey guys, dogs and kids running around the cul-de-sac. Sure. Did you ever tell you that story about Anthony Hargrove? Uh-uh. So Anthony Hargrove is one of the nicest guys ever. He's a monster. Mm-hmm. He's a huge man. <clears throat> and uh, I've got two, three small children at the time. My boys are like a year maybe two years old, enough to be walking around the cul-de-sac. Anthony had two... <laughs> Still pretty young. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> it was it was only... So let me let paint a picture for you here. Yeah. There's only like 20 houses on in the subdivision. Mm-hmm. So it was really quiet. Like nobody really came up to sure. the cul-de-sac. And if they did, like, you know, you yeah, could gotcha. see them. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, Anthony had two big dogs too, like Mastiff things, like 200-pound dogs that are running around. And... Uh, so I didn't know Anthony. I didn't know his dogs at the time. And I had two Akitas. And so all of a sudden my Akitas start to go bonkers in the house, like trying to tear the door apart and tear the window, like trying to get out the window. I look outside and these two massive dogs are running around in the cul-de-sac. I think they're trying to run after my kids. Mm-hmm. And so I tear outside and I leave my dogs inside, tear outside. And I go and I grab these dogs by the collar and I'm like, where the hell do these dogs belong? Whose dogs are these? <laughs> and my neighbor's like, oh, it's that house there. So I walk over. And at this point, I knew it was Anthony's house. I didn't care. I was f- fired up. And I walked over to Anthony Hargrove's house, banged on his door, holding his dogs by the collar. I looked at him. I threw the dogs, like just shoved them into his house. And I said, you're putting a fence up tomorrow around your backyard, and you're paying for it. I said, Deal. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> I called a fence company. They came. I called a fence company. I told them to put a fence up and Anthony Hargrove paid for his fence. Wow. I was mad. Obviously, you guys turned out to be good friends. Oh, it's so. great. Yeah, no, we, la- <laughs> we laugh about it now. Yeah. You know, but at the time, mm-hmm. it was uh, a little unnerving that he had these two massive dogs just running and he didn't right. have like fence around his backyard and they yeah. just get out. And I'm like, what, the- what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Can't have that. No. But he ended up being an awesome dude. In fact, there's lots of times where I'd looked out and Anthony's running around with the kids in the health sack. <laughs> Pretty good dude, man. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Salter, Drew Bannister, the interim head coach of the Blues, joins us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's head to our 101 ESPN celebrity line. We're going to talk right now to the interim head coach of the St. Louis Blues, Drew Bannister, who picked up a win last night with his new team. 4-2 wins over the win over the Ottawa Senators. And uh, Coach, we appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. How are you? We're good, Drew. We're good, buddy. Uh, you know, congrats on the first win last night. But before we get into last night's game, I think some of our listeners, you know, kind of getting to know you, the coach, the new coach yeah. that's here. Uh, you know, take us behind the scenes a little bit. You're you're coaching in Springfield, and you know the phone rings and it's Doug Armstrong. Take pick it up, kind of from there. Yeah. So the 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 phone rang uh, late at night, obviously uh, after after the Blues game. Um, we were getting ready for a game on Wednesday, so you know for me that night uh, I happened to have the Blues game on. Uh, it wasn't on the TV, but if it's not on the TV, I, I tend to listen to it on the radio if I can. Um, had a game in the background, uh, doing my work uh, for for the, the the game the next night. Um, you know, I joked about it with Doug, like. Usually I'm in bed pretty early. Uh, my phone gets turned off and, uh, you know, I wake up the next morning and, and he just happened to, to catch me before that happened. So uh, if it was a couple minutes later, later I might, I might have missed that call. So, um, but, um, you know, the call itself was, I think, anytime that that happens, you, you're, you're never expecting it. Um, you know, Doug and I talk uh, often uh usually not that late at night but usually when those calls come in um you know i know, I know kevin maxwell uh, my gm and, and springfield was on the road uh it could be as simply as you know they're they're looking to call a player up and and possibly who would that be or letting me know who it is um uh but uh, it was uh, so you know what the call itself and the substance was, was surprising um at the time um obviously you know, you know, very, uh, you know, you know, very overwhelmed uh, to to have this opportunity, um, you know, and 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 be able to come and and coach uh, in the organization, um, and and work for 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 the staff and 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 under Doug, um, it's been a privilege, um, you know, in the time that I've been here working in the American League, um, you know, I've I've really. I've learned a lot from, from these guys. And, and, you know, I, I said this before, like, you know, chief and I, you know, I've been, I've been lucky enough to, 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 to work with him and work under him and, and, and learn a lot uh, over my time of, you know, just, you know, how to work your day to day and, and practices and, and uh, drills. And, uh, and he, he's been a really good mentor for me, um, you know, talk at times, uh, on the phone, just you know, just about our game, what we're doing, what we're seeing, how things are working for us. Um, so you know, obviously, you know, Chief has 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 been a great mentor. He's he he's a great man, and he's an excellent coach. Um, and obviously, I I wish the best for him. He he's going to land it on his feet real quick here um, and, and find a job, coach. I can't imagine what this week has been like, although you've you've outlined some of, you know, what has been on your plate. After your head stops spinning for a second, realizing you know, you you do you gotta have you have an opportunity, what was the first thing that you wanted to do team wise? Like what was the first thing you wanted to accomplish as soon as you had an opportunity to meet the team? You know, I think I think uh, the number one thing was to, you know, back up the message that Doug had given to me, but also in the same time had, had, you know, sent the message to the players themselves uh, in his meeting. Um, and, and of course with you, with the media, 
Um, that also that uh, that I'm not coming in here to to blow things up. Um, I want them to yell, you know, to to, to rat, relax and and just play hockey. Uh, initially, um, you know, I need to observe some things uh, myself uh, to sit back and and you know, one, see how things are run, see, you know, some of the details and habits in the game and what they were doing system-wise um, and see what I can implement that worked with us in Springfield, if there are any changes. Um, you know, and I guess, you know, for that, you know, obviously you need practice time, um, you know, starting, you know, pretty much today we were starting to do some things uh, with that, you know, and, and you had a great you know, video meeting to today just on some habits that, that we have to clean up in our game to, to, to give us a chance to have more success moving forward, uh, but also enforce the positive that we did too, that, that we really liked in our game. Drew, when you, when you come in and, you, and you're a part of this team and you're, you're looking at things and you're trying to find deficiencies, find the positives, look where the guys who are thriving go and maybe where you can pick up other guys. How hard is it how hard is it to focus on just doing one small thing at a time because I know myself like when I get a project even if it's like building my deck or you know fixing something I want to accomplish it all in one shot and not necessarily am I methodical in my thinking sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great question and I think I think it's it's been a process from when I started coaching Jamie um, and learning you know learning under some really good coaches, seeing what worked and what didn't work, and then you know trying to make the adjustments to what I I see when I took over in the Sioux, um, and I learned a lot in the Sioux you know as as a head coach in in uh, the Ontario Hockey League and, and a first you know first kind of kick at the can um, on, on things. And, and there was things that, that I failed at um, and I had to adjust and learn, um, you know, and over the three years uh, in the Sioux, I had a lot of success uh, with our team and our, our team, you know, did a lot of good things. And, you know, I know it's more of a development league. We had a lot of players drafted over my three years, um, signed contracts that are playing in the NHL and excelling right now. I take great pride, uh, obviously, in the development of players. And, you know, and then, uh, you know, obviously when I took the job, um, you know, with, with the Blues affiliate, you know, that was one of the, the things, you know, the my development record. Um, and all those come into to play when you're the head coach. You know, development, especially at the level that I was coaching at and junior in the American Hockey League is one, developing uh, the players, developing them as people, um, also organize, organization of our, our, our staff, um, you know, and I, I think I've really kind of come into a comfort zone over, you know, the past, I guess, five and a half years uh, at the American League level, you know, learning, failing um, at times uh, and kind of picking myself back up and, and, and becoming a better coach uh, myself, uh, especially over the last three years with, with the success we've had in Springfield. Um, and, you know, to, to, to have confidence in myself that um, I know I'm ready for, for this opportunity. Um, no doubt that I'm going to need the support of uh, the management and the staff in some situations. There's going to be situations that I'm going to learn. There's a lot of obviously moving pieces at the NHL level that I'm going to have to work myself through. Um, but I think in, in the short term, like 
to, to answer your question, I think it's it's been a process, right, to get to that point. Um, not not try to to fix everything at once and just pick on important things that I see right now. Certainly, after last night games, last night's game, there 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 was some 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 habits in our game uh, that aren't winning habits, and we have to fix those to to be able to play winning hockey. So, for some of our listeners who are out there, um, you know. Drew, you had a, a, a nice NHL career, an incredible pro hockey career. You go on to coach junior hockey, and you, then you move to the American Hockey League, the development of a lot of the players that are on your current roster right now. But now that you're at the NHL level, and we talk about the word accountability and, and you know holding guys accountable, what's the challenge in holding NHL players accountable? Because it's, it's a different animal than the American League or junior hockey. I'm just wondering, you know, what's your strategy with that? or And can you speak to that a little bit? Well, I, I, I don't know if it's so much of a, of a difference at the American League Hawk, uh, level to, to the NHL level because, you know, we deal with, with players that have, have, you know, have had pretty good NHL careers that are veteran players that at, at, at times, you know, I have to have tough conversations with um you know, there was a game, for instance, in in Hartford this year where you know our team was was struggling. My first line just didn't have any energy. They they were struggling in their game, um, and it was in the second period, and the, I I had to sit all three of them down, uh, and I went to three lines. Um, you know, I don't know the exact time, but I, I probably sat them down for a good eight minutes to to, to get the message across that. I needed more from them. I expected more from them. Um, in that time, uh, we started playing some really good hockey with those three lines. Uh, got ourselves back into the game. Unfortunately, we didn't win the game. Um, but it, it, it sent a subtle message. Um, and the next day, uh, you know, I talked to all three of them. Um, you know, I just wanted to be clear on 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 why I did it, and I wanted to make sure that they understood. Um, and after that, again, they got, got back to, to playing really good hockey for us and being our best line. Drew Bannister's with us for a couple more minutes, and Coach, we do appreciate your time. Um, obviously, you're stepping into an interim spot here, and we know what happened last time, You know, with with uh, all due respect for Coach Berube uh, taking over and wins a cup. And um, What do you want to accomplish? I think the number one thing I want to accomplish is, is get the, get this team back on track to win in, to win in hockey games. Um, and I, I don't think they're far off um, where we need to be to be competitive every night um, and playing a brand of hockey that not only we can be proud of, but also the fan base can be proud of. And I think it's the effort, uh, you know, the effort level um, of this team, um, you know, has to be consistently better. We have to be more competitive uh, in in all areas of the ice right now, and I think if we do that, like regardless, you know, if you you, you go away and you lose a hockey game, um, if you put in a consistent effort, uh, you're going to give yourself a chance to win every night. Um, it is a tough league. There's good teams in this league. Every game's you know pretty tight for the for the most part. Um, you know, and I think that's that's the message to the guys. Like let's let's just become more competitive. And let's give ourselves a chance here to get back on track and start playing some good hockey.
Drew, last one for you here, and then we'll get you out and let you go have some dinner or relax. I'm sure you could use some of that right now. Um, it was fresh air for me, Jamie. I, like, I just the last last 72 hours have just been spent either, you know, in a in a in a plane in the rink, uh, basically getting back to my hotel. So actually, it was it was nice to be back at the rink today, have a normal day. Uh, I got out at a, a decent time back here at three, and I just said, you know what, I just need to decompress. So I was able to get out for a walk, enjoy the weather, had a coffee, uh, came back here, I uh, was able to throw on Live Barn, uh, I'm watching my daughter kind of play as I speak to you guys, and, and kind of working away at our pre-scope for tomorrow. There you go. I like that. Yeah, the fresh air is always good. I do the same. I get out for a walk or a run in the, during the day to try and you know, decompress a little bit. So I, I support that big time. Uh, Drew, last night, your, your first win with the team. Your first game slash your first win, which is great. Congratulations again on that. Uh, I, I thought the team last night, and this is just my opinion, I thought they put together a pretty good 60-minute effort right from the start to the finish. You know, you come out with a big start, lots of shots on goal, which was great. But from a coaching standpoint, and when you're evaluating this, and as you are, every minute you're evaluating every shift, every player, you know, what are some things that you saw that you liked? And what are some things that you saw that, hey, we can work on? So I, I think the first thing that I'd start with, with it's been a tough um, 48 hours for that, that group in that room. Um, and uh, I, was really, I was really proud of, of how we started that hockey game and how we were able to maintain our energy level during that game. Um, that in itself was, was a big accomplishment because um, there was a lot of stress within that dressing room. There's, there's no question about that. And, and for them to come out the way they did and the effort they put in for over 60 minutes, um, I was really impressed with. Um, you know, I think on, on the negative side that, that we talked about was, was game management. You know, there, there's areas of the game when it was 3-1, when it was 4-1, that, uh, that we didn't manage the puck uh, and manage the game very well. Um, you know, we just got to do a better job of picking our areas when to attack and, and, and not, and, and making sure that, you know, that, that we make good decisions with the puck. And, uh, if we don't like that, we, what we see that we're forcing a team to come 200 feet all the way, and, uh, they got to come through numbers through, you know, through the middle of the ice and we're forcing things to, to the, to the exterior of the ice. Coach, uh, again, we appreciate the time. We know this has been a whirlwind for you. Thank you, and um, best of luck. We're certainly, you know, looking forward to kind of watching how things play out here. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, th- thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate your time. All right, thanks a lot, Drew. Have a good go. Have a, a bite to eat and a nap. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Jamie. Right, you guys buddy. take care. You too. Thank yeah. you, Coach. That's Coach uh, Drew Bannister, the interim coach. Look, ultimately, Jamie. The wins and losses are going to di- dictate things. That, yeah. That's just the bottom line, right? My feelings aside for Chief, and people know him, and people know how ticked off I was two days ago, you were too. My feelings aside for Chief, I hope he does very well. I yeah. hope Drew Bannister does very well. I hope he turns heads. I hope he wins. We ultimately want to see the Blues win. It's been an emotional couple of days. I can't imagine what that's been like for him and his family. Whoa. Can you imagine, too? We didn't get into the whole Cairo situation. I just didn't feel like it was necessary. He addressed the last night. He did. Yeah, he did. And he just, you know, that's another thing that was put on his plate mm-hmm. right away as a, as a new head coach. One thing I can tell you about Drew Bannister that I've learned in the last 
48 hours. He knows exactly what he wants to accomplish with this group. And he has a plan that he's got in place. And, and that, to me, is the best possible way to go about it if you're a new head coach coming into a situation that is stressful and you're coming in mid-season or during the season, mm -hmm. rather. You have to be prepared. If you come in, you're like, well, we're going to just evaluate and go from there. I mean, it's one thing to say that, but you know, talking to Drew and listening to him talk to other media outlets and whatnot, he has a very direct idea of what he wants to accomplish. And I like that. Yeah. Be prepared, be ready to go, and be ready to work. And he's all of those things. No doubt. That's Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stoltz. Blue Stars pregame tomorrow at 6 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. We're going to fly thrive. Hey! Is it a Friday? You know what it About is. five thirty. You know what it yeah. is. Yeah. We're going to fly through our Pick'em Challenge picks next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get ready to pick up. It's the Fast Lane Football Pick'em Challenge on 101 ESPN. Refreshed by Bud Light. Well, you sure know how to pick them. Through our picks real quick. We got three Saturday games tomorrow. So a triple header in the NFL tomorrow. Vikings, Bengals, Marsh's Vikings versus the Bengals, Steelers, Colts, Broncos, and Jamie's third child, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh Marsh, did you go with your Vikings against the Bang Bengalis? Absolutely. I don't think Brownie has anything <laughs> for that Minnesota defense. I believe they've only let up like one touchdown in the past three games. Yeah. Something like that. They've been great. So I mean, when you stop a team that scores 63 points and they don't score anything on you, I mean, I you mean, got something good going. He's got a point. He certainly does. Did you take the Vikings? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Neither did I. Yeah. Flores' no. defense giving up fifth fewest points in the game thus far in the league. Brian Flores has done a remarkable job. Should be a head coach again next year. Uh, Vikings oh, have also scored 13 points in their last two games. And they're going with Nick Mullins. Hey. It's a new quarterback. New it's game, a new, it's a, it's a new, new day. New day. Anything can happen on any given Sunday. I got the Bengals. Or Saturday. True. Steelers or Colts? Jamie? I have the Colts in this game. Yeah, I don't trust Mitchie football. Nope. So give me them Colts. I have the Colts as well. All right, so even though trust Mitchie football. Last year, I believe on this same very weekend, the Colts played the Vikings. Yeah. And they were up 30. They were. And they lost. Oh, boy. Yes. Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. We're uh, biggest upset in NFL history. In fact, uh, mm -hmm. the only one we should probably ever talk about. Mm -hmm. Lions or Broncos? I got the Lions, even got though they've played like toilet water. Pee water. Detroit water? Detroit water. That's right. Mm -hmm. hey, I got the Lions. If Jared Goff stops turning the football football over, they should be good. Yes. Broncos, forced, Broncos have forced a lot of turnovers oh, as well. Stop. But home team. Lions have played different at home. They don't play well against mobile quarterbacks, but I don't, I don't think Russ is going to run around too much tomorrow. So give me Detroit. Broncos country. Let's ride. Nice. Oh uh, Packers or Bucks, guys? Oh, I got the Bucks. That one. Yeah, I have the Packers. Rebounding from last week's loss to Tommy DeVito. 
And of course, the Buccaneers are number 10. Although we did establish that the Stalter stack-up curse has been broken. There is no curse. Well, not anymore. So maybe the Bucs do win. I don't know, but I have the Packers. Uh, do we all have the Dolphins over the Jets, even though they're banged up? Yes. Yeah. Saints over the Giants? No. Yes. You took the Giants. Tommy Good for DeVito. you, Tommy DeVito. Come even on. You know Marshy's a prisoner of the moment. <laughs> How many times has this happened? Hey, just because he throws three interceptions doesn't mean that they still lose to the Saints. That's and true. Carr. That's a good that's a good point. Yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Saints in that one. I've got the Titans over the Saxons. The Saxons without likely without CJ Stroud. We already know they that Tank Dell is out for the year. Texans really banged up. Yeah. Or else I'd be on Houston. But I got the Titans. You? Me too. Marsh? Yes. I got the Panthers upsetting the Falcons. Oh, come on. Only a three-point underdog is Carolina. They're going to get their second win of the year as Desmond Ritter turns the ball over not once, not twice, not three times, but six times on Sunday. Panthers it, went out right. It could be a, a packed house considering the, the tickets I saw are 45 cents. 45 cents. Yep, they're going to pack that sucker yeah. to root on their Panthers. Again, they're going to get their second win of the year. You guys on the Panthers? I picked the Falcons. Whew, I have the move. Falcons as well. Sorry. Browns are at home, so I'm picking the Browns. If they were on the road, I'd pick, I'd, I would pick the Bears. That's, uh, picked, that's where we're at with the Browns right I now. I the Browns. Joe Flacco's turned back the clock, though. Give me the well, Browns. He's on the practice squad again. <laughs> yeah, until he gets elevated. He's on the practice squad. He'll get elevated. I have I the Bears. You got the Bears winning? Yeah, some say that... Uh, Against that defense in Cleveland? Know. Some say that Justin Fields and DJ Moore oh, are one of the God. better uh, wide receiver Prisoner quarterback of the combos. moment, wow. Anthony. There he is. He's back <laughs> hey, again. Guys, you know we do the whole trust but verify thing? Uh-huh. I am so glad I, I looked at my picks because as of right now, I have the Patriots over the Chiefs. I'm going to go ahead and, I'm gonna go ahead and put the How'd Chiefs in now. That, I don't know. I don't know. So let me change it now. Now I have the Chiefs. That would have been bad, guys. That would have that been, been real bad. Yep. Uh, Chiefs over the Patriots. I'm sure you guys do too. 49ers yep. over the Cardinals. Nothing to discuss there. Rams over the Commanders, right? Mar- or Marsh, you're going to go yep. with another yes. upset. No. Um, this is the big This is the big, the big one. Bills, Cowboys. Cowboys. I took the Bills. I took the Bills, too. I think this is a spot where the Cowboys coming off the big win against the Eagles I think go it's up to Buffalo. I too cold for Dacky. So cold. The, the disrespect that you have for Dak is unbelievable. When I hold the ball, it's like an ice block. He doesn't sound like that at all. He will on Sunday. Okay, give me the Bills. I have the Bills, too. Just because your hatred of the Cowboys? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I got the Ravens over the Jaguars. Yes. And the Eagles over the Seahawks. Yes. There you have it. I have the Jags. Do you? Yeah. Beating, I, beating Jamie and I's ball. Beating Chiefs Ravens. Now it wow. makes sense. You know what? Trying to cut Chief out of the uh, first goal of the game. Yep. Sounder yesterday. Hey, and first now goal he's... of the game, by the way. Oh, yeah, you won. Yeah. yeah, yeah you did Robert the Thomas, right? Yes, I did. Nice job, Jamie. Um, I he's actually, on the board now. I don't yes. have the Jags <laughs> yeah, wow. beating the Ravens. I have the Ravens beating the Ravens. Uh, oh, he's, yeah. he's playing that yeah, game. Yeah, I, I, I don't kind of respect what you said because i've been saying that there now i got the ravens all right and uh, in the battle of the the birds i get the eagles mm-hmm. okay fader follow is next we'll wrap up the show here on 101 espn we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn it's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. I'll fade. I'll fade. Money, 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 money.
Time to play fade or follow with our guy Connors back for round two. Uh, he pushed last week. He had the Vikings in that absolute thrilling <laughs> victory over the Raiders. Uh, push, so doesn't win the FanDuel money, but is back uh, for round two. What's up, Connor? Not much. How are you guys? We're, we're doing good. Were you sweating bullets in that one? Oh, my. That was miserable. That <laughs> was miserable. Sorry we put you through that. Um, <laughs> we will put you, hopefully, through a better game, and uh, we're going to do the Sunday night football game. Now, Jamie and I are aligned on this. Marsh is not. But our selection is the Ravens minus three against the Jaguars, who are still banged up. Now, the Jaguars did beat the Ravens last season in Jacksonville, but Baltimore, with that defense, and really Lamar Jackson and company going against that Jacksonville, a defense that can give up a lot of uh, air yards. We we like laying the three with the Ravens against the Jaguars. Would you like to fade us or follow us tonight? Uh, let's run back. I'll follow. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we'll get another push. We'll just keep this going, huh? That's <laughs> right. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> It'd be fun for everybody. No. All right, Connor. You got the Ravens minus three. Sunday night football. Good luck. Let's hope to. Let's hope we talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. And don't forget FanDuel.com/fast to participate in FanDuel, especially that great promo that they have going on right now. Five dollar money line bet to uh, one hundred and fifty in bonus bets. If you missed anything from today's show, including our conversation with 101 ESPN breaking news alert. Yeah, Atlanta out. Braves have acquired left-handed pitcher Ray Kerr and DH Matt Carpenter and cash considerations from the San Diego Padres in exchange for minor league outfielder Drew Campbell. Oh, Matt Carpenter's a brave now. What do they see that we don't, Anthony? We hit the breaking news uh, for that. We hit the breaking news for it's that. Matt That's what, what I was saying. Hits. You interrupted my uh, the podcast thing. Yeah, it's Matt Carpenter. Come on, it's future uh, Cardinal Hall of Famer. Uh, I thought he was going to do the Yamamoto thing. That's what I thought too. That's this I mean, is way bigger. Yeah, it's why, a Trojan horse. Why didn't you say <laughs> that? Tro- the breaking news was a Trojan horse. Yeah. Why don't you do like Michael Walker signs with the Royals at the it's top Matt of the Carpenter, show? It's Matt Carpenter, guys. Uh, Is Michael Walker uh, a future Cardinals Hall of Famer? No. No. But, you know. Matt Carpenter? Yes. Jamie, he's on suspension now yeah, for the breaking news. Uh, to, uh, to end the week. Like I'll that? just start yelling That's, stuff. It is Blanket Friday. It is. We, we right. totally True. made it that. <laughs> yeah. That's Anyways. big news, guys. Can you get another kick at the can? Uh, the uh, podcast brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, by the way. Uh, had a conversation with Drew Bannister. It just seems flat now. For Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalter. Have a great weekend, everybody. Got a lot of football and blues tomorrow. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.